0: Welcome weary traveler to that's me to be honest to uh, episode number 3 uh get yes, mixed up because yes. 0 has made it really difficult that we, we started on weary zero. weary traveler was a little nightmare well the 90s yeah it was a bit the, that was 90s actually, that was actually the 80s. Um, oh welcome God. to Right Act. Welcome to episode three of Right Act. My name is Stephen Hill. As you can probably hear, I am a little bit fuzzy around the edges, and you're probably you're going to find out why. You look um, wonderful. Throughout the course. Don't patronise me. <laughs> um, that patronising idiot you can hear is Renfrey Dedman, my Hello. co-host. How are you doing, buddy? Uh,
1: yeah, really good. I'm, I think I'm doing better than you, but that's because yeah, I didn't go are. to a festival this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to a festival this weekend. Yeah. Hooray! Yeah, yeah. It's... it's uh, it's, it's fucking rough. <laughs> really. It's rough. Um, yeah, we're recording this in the middle of me arriving back from Bloodstock and both of us going to ArcTanGent Gent uh, at the weekend, which I've never been to before and I'm really, really looking forward to it. Mm, it's my you,
1: favourite festival in the entire
0: world. I've heard that about you.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a rumour that's been going around yeah, for a long, long time. Uh, I've been every single year and wow. it means an awful lot to me. I love that's it. great.
0: Yeah, well, I'm fun. really, really looking forward to it because the, the lineup is stacked. It's Like a motherfucker.
1: I want to see 37 bands. Uh, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah. but, but, but that's the amount of bands that I actually want to see.
0: Well, okay. So episode four of mm-hmm. Riot Act will be a full-blown blow-by-blow. Yep. Should I say blow again? Blow review of <laughs> like uh, of Art Tangent 2018 from both of us.
1: We're going to be blowing math rock yeah, out of the stratosphere, absolutely.
0: And um, uh, but but this week is really it's a full blown um, <laughs> live review extravaganza because. Um, Uh, Not only did I go to Bloodstock, you went to like 12 gigs.
1: Um, If 12 equals 4,
0: then yes, that's correct. Yes, it does. Fake news. Um, (laughs) And I went to a couple before I went to Bloodstock, so we're going to be doing that. Um, I should say before we start, obviously, big shout out to Musicism, who have powered us from the day we were born. Um, Mm. Musicism.net, that's music... I-S-U-M? Yes. So it's music backwards. I forgot. This is how fucked I am. I forgot how to spell music, let alone spell it backwards. So that thing you know when you like, dr- music you know, when you're drunk and you, um, as like they say, you've got to get out of the car to, and to see if they're drunk when you've been. They think you've been drink driving. Mm-hmm. They make you do the alphabet backwards. Yes. Who can do the alphabet backwards? Well, I
1: can't.
0: A, like, in any degree of sobriety, no. could you do the? Not at all.
1: I I, I, I I can't even. I know. I know. Z comes first. Z Y
0: X uvts this will be not interesting no it's not interesting but anyway um so yeah so anyway musicism.net is the place to go if you want to spend £9.99 which is a very very meager sum to get some of the best tutorial videos in the world of music to learn how to be a great guitarist a great producer or a great vocalist they will teach you how to do all those things producer I thought, producer. I
1: thought, I thought I thought I heard a B on that. Bro, Bro- ju- producer. Bro- Just, yeah,
0: doing loads of Amu records. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and actually, I say nine ninety nine. If you do do that and you're listening to us, thank you very much. Um, you can get. 25% off if you go and put in the code RIOT in capital letters at the checkout. So cheers to the music of them. They're a lovely bunch of people yeah. and we are part of it. So Thank you guys. Of course we're going to be bigging them up.
1: We're all going to be together for the first time since we've been recording these podcasts yeah. as well on uh, uh, this weekend. So oh no, cool. Uh, yeah, so expect, I don't know, well if there's Wi-Fi access, expect some some updates. Um, I mean the Wi-Fi down on the farm is not great, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, they're like no signal at all. At no, no, rarely. no, like I, the Wi-Fi
1: is really poor it's like it's fernhill farm in the middle well it's not in the middle of bristol that's the problem it's on the outskirts of bristol it's in the middle of nowhere it's in the middle of nowhere exactly um so uh yeah you basically just not in reality for the for three days, I like that though. I've yeah. got to be
0: honest, I that's quite what's like good that. About it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, anyway. Well, so what's going up on today's show? We're going to be, um, as I said, reviewing loads and loads of gigs. Plus, we are going to be talking about the new album from the band Foxing, reviewing that. That is the only review this week. And we also gave each other a couple of records, uh, to listen to last week, and we're going to be talking about them. We'll also be giving ourselves a couple of new records that we haven't heard this week. But to start off with, I want to give a shout out to a band who we are both. Very, very partial to, um, who have just got, I think this is the biggest gig of their career. We're going to be seeing Gloucester at the weekend at Mm Art of Tangent. They're playing Brixton Academy on Saturday night. Our friends and um, a band that we are very, 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 very... Uh, big fans of regardless of what of people because they friends, are just just we're sick ace. of fans yeah. yeah they are ace Palm Reader Palm Reader are going to be opening for Bri- uh, Brixton Academy um, opening for Glassdoor opening at, at Brixton, for Academy. Glassdoor at Brixton <laughs> Academy
1: that's what I meant Steve, I do apologize. I mean Steve is usually a <laughs> wonderful wonderful host he's, he's, he is feeling a bit funny yeah, at the moment yeah fragile but anyway
0: Palm Reader opening for Glassdoor <laughs> at Brixton it's brilliant it's
1: wonderful wonderful news mm. and it feels like um, we were saying just a couple of weeks ago or I, I was saying someone one of us was saying that they have had knocks which are unfair and loads of bands do but it feels particularly unfair with palm reader i yeah. feel um so for them to get that it's just it's joyous news it's brilliant mm. i'm i'm gutted that uh, yeah, yeah. i can't believe i'm saying i'm gutted i'm going to be an arctangent yeah but, um, but I, I i would have loved to have seen mm. them there as well yeah
0: i would it's I a, it's a, a an odd booking to put glasgow on the yeah. day that the festival where most people were going to go and yeah, see them exactly uh, like it is a weird it is a weird thing but if you are going to see glasgow on saturday if you're listening to this on the day that this podcast comes out, I don't just mean any Saturday. Um, if you're going to see Glassdoor this to, coming Saturday, yeah,
1: tomorrow, if you're, yeah, if you're tomorrow, to it on the day, that day this comes,
0: comes out, out. Um, get there early and watch yeah. Palm Reader.
1: They have also um, there are now select tickets for the princely sum not princely the, the good sum of 19 pounds and 93 pence now because mm. that is the year that glastrall formed ah, see what they did there right. um so i think they're like a bit cheaper than they were i think they were more like 25 quid before or something like that so there really is if you're in london and you've got nothing to do on saturday there really is no excuse yeah There's i mean
0: glastrall are a fucking incredible band i think yeah. maybe then playing brixton academy in 2018 off the back of a sort of lukewarmly received album even though i really like it do you think it was lukewarmly received wow, who's to- do you ever hear anyone mention it? Ever? Mm. Very, very rarely.
1: I mention it to myself all the time. Well, that's... Yeah, that's <laughs> not the same thing.
0: Oh, I love material control. Oh, I love glass It's a really, really good it's record. It's yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: It, I mean, I would say it's my... Of the three, if we're talking just the three main albums, it's mm. probably my least favourite of the three, but... We're talking about two incredible records beforehand, so yeah, I love it. I adore material.
0: I get Danzig, Glassjaw, because I think they've cultivated a reputation as a very awkward band, and probably rightly so. Because yeah. if you saw, I saw them at Download, and they were kind of deliberately going out of their way to piss people off. Same at Heavy Festival, something in 2012. Uh, they supported Code in Cambria. They looked like they didn't really want to be there. I remember seeing them supporting the Deftones, and you couldn't even tell what song they were playing. Uh, but at their own shows, <laughs> sell it Steve. <laughs> no, no. This is what yeah, I'm saying. I think yeah. this is why they have this this reputation because people have seen Glassjaw before and it's usually like, oh, Glassjaw are playing this thing and I want to go and see them and I think Glassjaw are the sort of band that if it's not their show, they'll go, right, well, fuck you then.
1: Mm, Maybe. And
0: every time I've seen them headline, they've been amazing.
1: I would say that's the case for me bar one time in Portsmouth. But yes, right. um, most, yeah. I, they're, they're definitely better when they're headlining, undoubtedly.
0: Yeah. So if you're umming and ahhing about it because you maybe saw them at Download or you saw them at festival or you saw them supporting somebody and you're thinking, no, I like them on record, but live not so much. Get a ticket if yeah. you're not going to Art Tangent. Get under, a ticket.
1: Under 20 quid is is going to be worth it regardless. Yeah, to be and honest.
0: get there early and watch yeah. Palm Reader. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Congratulations, Palm Reader. Yeah, That's I'm really, awesome. really happy
0: for them because it feels like there've been a lot of bands that don't work as hard as them mm. that have got those slots at Brixton Academy and there are bands that haven't been around as long as them that have got those slots at Brixton Academy who um yeah. who may or may not be I'm actually I'm not going to name anyone. No, don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, but yeah, I'm really really chuffed for palm reader That's really really good news. Um, I think next week, as well as doing the uh, the Art Tangent um, review, we may well, hopefully, fingers crossed, be reviewing a new album from Alison Chains. I really hope so. I really hope so. That's out mm-hmm. on the 24th of, uh, of August. August. It's called Rainier Fog. They released another, the third song from that record. Obviously, we weren't a podcast when they dropped the first two, mm. but we are now. It's called never fade mm. um Alice in Chains never fade what are you saying about that as a song run I personally really like it
1: I've literally heard it once mm-hmm. uh moments before we started recording yeah. <laughs> and um I on, on on instantly love it which is not true of the previous, what was the what was the first track
0: they released? The honestly. first track was called "The One You Know." Yes,
1: the one you know. I do really like the one you know now, but it took me a little bit of time because it's got that weird discordant riff and stuff. Yeah, like that. you know, it's, it's just a
0: bit odd. It is a bit odd. Um, it sounds opening bit, track on the album though. So yeah, it's a very
1: it's very um, self titled Alice in Chains, which mm, which I love that one. Well, I I, I I love that record as well, but it was the record it was the Alice in Chains record which took me the longest to get into. Mm. This new song sounds more. I was going to say it sounds more dirt, but I don't really mean that. It, it's no, it just more instant. It's just yeah. more instant, really. What it
0: is, I think, is that... Now, I had... Uh, we had a not a, a, a sort of differing of opinion of the Scars and Broadway album last week. Mm, we um And I kind of felt like the thing that I liked about Darren Malakian had been watered down and kind of, you know, pushed down to the point where it was no longer particularly interesting. And production-wise, if you compare it with something like Dirt, I certainly think that the new Alice in Chains song is... It's not as raw and as angry and grungy okay. as the early stuff. But I think the difference between the bands in question, Alice in Chains get by by those stupendously soaring, beautiful melodies yeah. and those kind and of dual harmonies vocal stuff. harmonies yeah. that the, 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 the Jerry Cantrell and whichever singer he's paired up with at the time work. And I think however old um, you get, you with the ability to do that, that's always going to sound good. Yeah. That's not ever going to be kind of diluted by, you know, time or the sort of fire in the belly. Well, it's
1: classic is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. classic.
0: And, um, and I think this has just like an unbelievably, you know, kind of sombre, melodically, like... Ploddingly melodic, doomy, mm. melancholic quality to it that is pure Alice in Chains. Yeah. Although it's not as, you know, junk sick as mm. the Lane mm. Staley stuff, it's still really, really good. So, you know, I would never expect Alice in Chains to be able to write another song or another album quite like that ever again.
1: But the beauty, the beauty with Alice in Chains is they, they've managed, they've gone through so much and changing a singer in a mm. band is difficult enough, let alone changing a singer under the circumstances that they had to change. Yeah. And they have come out, and, and, you know, not releasing a record for many, many years. Oh, how long was it? 19, 12 it was, years. Was it 12 years yeah. between... Um, self-titled. and Self-titled. And, I mean, uh, they, they've just pulled it off. It might be more, actually. It might actually be 14 actually. years. Yeah. It, I, I mean, they, they, pulled, they pulled it off incredibly well. Mm. I think Black Gives Way to Blue is...
0: Second, second best record.
1: I was going to say, "My Tide" first. Actually, oh. I, I, I actually I actually find it very difficult to choose between "Dirt" and "Black Is Way to Blue." I find it mm. really hard. Like, um, but but who else has done that? Like, yeah. it, it it's very rare. You very, can count them in very, one hand. You can, on rare. one hand. Yeah. yeah. So, um, my favorite
0: Alison Change record is not actually not an Alison Change record. It's a, not an out. Not a studio record.
1: Uh, Oh, uh, Unplugged. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, fair play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. Unbelievable. Best Unplugged session. It really is. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah.
0: for sure. So... um, But we're forgetting corn. (laughs) Yes, we are. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, we're not forgetting corn. We are actively dismissing corn. No, we're
1: not uh, dismissing corn... The but their unplugged, just, just session their unplugged session which is fucking awful it's a disaster isn't it <laughs> yes dreadful. <triple. laughs>
0: um anyway uh so there you go yeah Alison and change hopefully we'll have the album next week and we'll be able to talk about it further but really i wasn't that it. keen on i i never ever ever listened to the devil put the dinosaurs here never i
1: i, I seem to be one of the only people who likes that record I, I my i will say it's too long um it could they could have cut a couple of songs out of it in my opinion but um I, I really love that album. I, I think I just love everything they do, pretty mm. much. Um, Facelift's actually my least favourite, just because it? it has underpinnings of... It's the same thing I was of saying glam. about... Of glam. Of glam, exactly. Yeah. It's the same thing you were saying about Cowboys uh, from Hell yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Um, just because they were still kind of metamorphosising into the band that they mm. were going to be, and they weren't quite there. Um, they are on some songs. Bleed the Freak is yeah. very AIC and I did it. Young.
0: I did an interview with Dave Jordan, who produced... Oh, wicked. ...sort of those first three Alice in Chains records. And he was saying, when they did Man in the Box, that was the sort of one they wrote... Where they kind of came in, and he was like, "I don't really know what," because he sort of he said he heard the demos and went, "I don't really know what sort of band you're you meant are. to be." Yeah, and then he heard that, and he was like, "You should be that band." I don't know if that's just Dave Jordan taking credit for this, the Alice and Jane sound, but um, it's a good story. It is a good story. Yeah, yeah I think. Anyway, uh, so anyway, we have a thing. We haven't really got a name for this as a feature. No But um, it's basically every week uh, We're going to give each other an album that the other one of us hasn't heard And we're going to report back to each other uh, about said records Having uh, listened to it over the course of a week Um, You gave me Kveka by Sigur Ross Mm -hmm. I gave you Music of the Spheres by Ian Brown Um, Who wants to start out of us? Um,
1: I I do not mind at all I'm happy to go first if you'd like Um, Yeah, you can go first Okay, okay um, so Ian Brown, um, I believe it's 2001, this record. It's early 2000, yeah. certainly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, Steve gave this to me because uh, I sort of confessed that I've never really liked the Stone Roses, um, mm. particularly the main thing that puts me off uh, Stone Roses is actually Ian Brown's voice. I just don't like it. So the idea of ever listening to any solo Ian Brown material was just never on my bucket list of things to do because i was like why would i want to listen to my least favorite element of a band that i don't like (laughs) um so this is an enormous surprise right an enormous surprise and and, and, you you said it would be and 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 i was really um yeah i was really taken aback by this so the first thing i'll say is um the first track is f-e-a-r yeah. And uh, it's one of those songs that you don't... I didn't realise it was by Ian Brown, but obviously I recognised it. It's mm. probably been on a million adverts and like sporting mm-hmm. montages and stuff like that. Um, There's a lot of strings on this album. I feel like they're... I, I, I don't know because I don't have the album itself, so I couldn't look at the liner notes, but I, I feel like there may be synthesised strings probably. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, but that was very sort of... Uh, fashionable in the 90s i guess i I mean i'll tell you the thing that it reminded me of is was you know bittersweet symphony yeah Uh, you know you can you can see the through line certainly at least
0: yeah i yeah i can see that yeah a little bit yeah
1: um but there's also a lot more going that i i heard a lot of kind of porter's head in this record there's lots of like trip hoppy well that's the thing Elements.
0: yeah that kind of bristol trip massive attack tricky and and stuff like that i definitely i think probably would have been what he was influenced by he also did a song on the um quite brilliant uh science fiction album by uncle oh okay which i is another just great great record which uh, have you heard that no well that's one for like that will you'll be getting given that at some point um yeah definitely like a brilliant brilliant record that's also got tom york uh jason newstead yeah and i think it's got uh, maxim from the prodigy uh it's got loads and it's got like uh mike d from the beastie boys on it right. as well. loads of people on it. it's really really good um but yeah so there's a there's a i think there's a that obviously was quite zeitgeisty yeah. Um, yeah for those few years and but it had sort of dropped off a little bit i mean i guess it's uh yeah 2001 i don't i think you know they, those bands were had kind of reached the peak of their popularity at that point.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. So it, it is. It is a, despite it being a two thousand and one record, and and this might sound like um, uh, an insult, and it's not meant as one, but it does actually sound like a nineties record. Mm. Um, but that's not a bad thing when, when me or Steve say, it, it sounds like in the nineties, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, but what, what was really a surprise to me, I was like, you know, FEAR came in and I was like, okay, well, I know this song and that's might be why I like it. But then as it continued, I liked everything else on it as mm. well. Did uh, you notice
0: the lyrical strand of, F- of FEAR? No, not really. Where every line spells, F- spells fear. Every line oh. every, for each a road, for every man of religion. Oh that's oh, well, fair play Mr Brown. Fuck everything and rumble. Yeah, like every okay. yeah okay. For okay. everything a reason. It's very clever. That's
1: cool. Like it I, is cool. I, I was really I was really taken aback by it and I listened to it uh a good three or four times this week bearing in mind we have shit loads of other stuff to listen to that's yeah. actually quite quite good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and um uh, I mean it's it's made me want to check out more of his stuff so and I'm even tempted to go back to the Stone Roses again because hey well it's been a while since I mean God, it must have been 15 years since I've sat down and listened to the debut album in full obviously you hear you know fool's gold gold every so often or mm-hmm. I want to be adored every so often um but no it's making me just kind of go reassess I I I, I will say I still I still don't love his voice um I'm not like, oh, he's an amazing singer or anything like this. I mean,
0: when you see him live, his voice sounds incredible on this record compared to how he sounds live. I mean, live, he is dreadful. He is diabolical live. Do
1: you think there's a lot of um, trickery or do you think... Uh, I would imagine so. Right. Okay. Okay, But it's a really interesting... I, I, I'm I sort of so surp- I'm surprised that you don't... Maybe I'll give you a, a Verve record at some point because, because I heard a lot of Verve in this. Um, and I don't know if it's just the Northern Soul thing, but...
0: Yeah, I, you know, I think there's... uh, Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I like I said before, I don't kind of dislike the Verve. Mm-hmm. But the Verve are much more guitar... Like, I don't con- particularly consider this to be a guitar-heavy record.
1: No, it's not really. Mm. Um... It, it, well, the, the the overriding thing. I mean, the uh, the orchestral synth synths are just throughout yeah. the whole thing, mm-hmm. and that that kind of if you if you like that bittersweet symphony sound, I'm not saying this record sounds entirely like bittersweet symphony, but but that whole kind of synth strings thing, if you like that. Um, then there's lot a lot of that on this record. Where should I go next?
0: Solarize for me would be okay. the one. Yeah. Okay. I think that's really. I'm good. really. I'll tell you the, I'm, I'm. surprised. The best song on it for me is Whispers.
1: I love Whispers. Yeah. yeah. Really love Whispers. Wicked. I mean that bass line.
0: Yes. Is unbelievable. Like that is like probably the most. Even though again it's got a lot of strings to it, that's probably the most like rock or most kind of indie sounding, most guitar heavy track on the record. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, fair yeah it's, it's wicked that song
1: there is a song um towards the end called it's, it's only two minutes and 44 seconds but it's called forever and a day mm. uh, and i really i really loved that track there's a song where he sings in spanish yeah that's really cool like, I, I i i liked all of this i, I did good there, was, it? there wasn't yeah it's really good it's really good i liked the gravy train a lot stardust sounded familiar mm. as well i'm not sure if I'd i would think that, that was a single as well right, right. okay that would make sense i I was really into it I I, I was surprised you know I, I trusted you when you said I would be surprised but I was surprised at how surprised I was.
0: Well, that's good to know. <laughs> there you go. Well, so. I'm, 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 I have to say I am delighted. I feel very yeah. much vindicated that you feel like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going I'm um, to check out more of his stuff, definitely.
0: Wicked. So that's Remfrey's first impressions of uh, Ian Brown's Music of the Spheres. You gave me Kvecca by Siga Ross. Yes. Um, Seeger Ross are a band who, like, as you said, you pointed out last week, we did put them in the sort of Venn diagram of post, post music, music. And I think they do deserve to be there. Um i had a lot of friends in the mid noughties who were really really big on sega ross and as such it meant that i listened to them a fair bit and i had the album oh god the one hey. with the brown dude like a brown album cover with the i T- can't remember attack yes exactly right um i had
1: that that's the one with um in the uk people will know blue planet um mm. w- w- was w- there was a huge advertising campaign but not behind planet earth sorry where they used um Hoppy pole. yes. A lot. So, yeah. so people—that's probably their most recognizable album, I'd say. And I
0: know you gave me this because it was Seegeros's uh, heaviest records. Yes, or it was, and, and I also went and read the infamous Guardian review.
1: As a matter of fact, well, I'm going to do a quick correction, and that was my fault. But um, it was uh, so it's hosted on the Guardian's website. It's actually the Observer, and uh, they said it was Seegeros's black metal mm-hmm. album rather than their death metal still the, the point well, it remains, makes more
0: sense the, the point remains it's still preposterous what they're <laughs> yeah, saying yeah <laughs> it makes more sense I mean actually like I um, I I can see uh, that to me just smacks of someone who doesn't you know listen what they're to, talking about yeah <laughs> well he doesn't listen to, to sort of the, the varying degrees of extreme music yes, and just thinks yes. that black metal and death metal are basically the same thing yeah. and but I can I can sort of vaguely understand what they're getting at okay. if they'd have said Doom Mm, it wouldn't would have been, have been mm. a ridiculous thing to say, yeah, 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 because this is a very doomy album. I yeah. think it's um the kind of the, the the gaps in space between the riffs, and when the riffs are heavy, they are very, very heavy. They are, aren't they? It's not a million miles away from. I mean, it is quite a long way away from something like Sun, but it's not a million miles away from. Mm, I'm trying to think of a doom band who are a bit kind of more ambient um who fit like this uh, i'll think of one um because but because the vocals are so sort of uh <laughs> Pixie-like, you know what I mean? Yes. It's it's still got a, an element of wa- like magic and wonderment about yes. it, and I really like that contrast.
1: Our um our friend at Musicism, Mr. Dan Davis, hello Dan, uh, made a really astute point to us when we were talking about this record mm. over Facebook, and he was saying that um, the first song I think it's called Brennerstein, I mean, I'm not even going to try the pronunciations, but but uh, it comes in and it's really heavy. It has a thundering kind of like the drums are really really heavy and. It, the the way that they're playing the sort of uh, they're playing a bow on the guitar in this really detuned on this really detuned guitar but then as soon as John'sy's voice comes comes in it just sounds beautiful suddenly mm. and it's it's amazing how that happens I love that juxtaposition yeah it's just incredible sorry go on
0: well I know I think that's kind of my favourite thing about the record is right. that is that they do that I kind of wish they would do it more I mean when when we were going in and it was chat and we were chatting about like you know, uh, the Sega Ross go heavy and it's their, you know, do me you know, their, the most like weighty record. There are points on it where I didn't feel that. And maybe it's just because I wanted it to be like that all it, the way through. It's
1: definitely not that all the way through, No, right? it's but, not. But, 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 but it is by far their heaviest record yeah. and they reach moments of that heaviness on, mm. uh, on their other records, the parentheses record. um, Basically, I mean, really, I I see the parentheses record as one long song, but it builds to this climax, which is about as heavy as the really heavy stuff on Queveca. Right. It just takes 70 minutes to get there. Okay. Yay!
0: (laughs) Post music. (laughs) What, are we not doing anything?
1: (laughs) Um, But, uh, yes. um, But when it's... uh, But I I think that, I mean, the last song, for example, I can't remember the name of it, but it's very, very, very It's called VAR. I don't know if it's named after
0: the... um, the, the like the the football video assisted referee that who, has been using the World Cup. Who knows? Possibly. Um, uh, but I wouldn't have thought so <laughs> since it was five years ago. That this came
1: out. But um, uh, you know that's very kind of it's very twinkly and mm. basically piano led. I think it's instrumental if memory serves. Um, but uh, but it's it, it is those like I said it's those juxtapositions that yeah. make it sound really super heavy. I think
0: they've got a really like they've got a really brilliant. They set they set their own worlds out brilliantly, Seeger Ross, and that's something that I've always, even in the kind of the very, I mean, I've only listened to two of their out of two, maybe two or three of their albums properly, and I couldn't really tell you loads about their entire back catalogue or what what songs on what album. But I do love the way that they are kind of... And I think a lot of Icelandic artists are like this. I mean, if you look at Bjork, if you look at Solstafir, another one. Mm -hmm. um, Angel Fresco. Fresco, Minus. Minus. Um, Like, there's a lot of of these bands and they seem to be... um, They seem to be able to conjure the imagery of their habitat. Really, really brilliantly. like
1: desolate, yeah, almost volcanic, yeah, yeah wide yeah, yeah. open spaces.
0: But Sigaros are probably the most, um, like, crystalline, yeah, and fragile. They, of they, those artists,
1: the the patience in Sigaros's songwriting is astounding. Mm. I think um, you know we have both attempted to write songs in the past, and uh, the the temptation is to you're you're constantly scared as a songwriter that your audience is going to get bored, basically. Yeah. Uh, Whether whether you actually sort of acknowledge that or not, I think that is a fear for most songwriters. So you're constantly trying to like cram more things into it. And Sigur are really unafraid to just let things take their natural course. Um, And, you know, some people don't have the attention span for that and that's fine. Um, But... I, 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 that's what I love about them. I mean, this this album is, um, it's just shy of an hour, I think, 50 minutes maybe, and it's mm-hmm. only nine tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they're all around, they're around sort of five, six, seven five minute to, yeah, mark.
0: Yeah, kind of like four and a half to seven, eight minutes.
1: But they sound really epic. They all, yeah. you can get lost in it. Yeah, you
0: know? I, I've listened to it four times. Excellent. There's only a few bits. On the fourth listen, there's only a few bits that I was like, oh, I remember this bit. I still feel like I need to- I still feel like I need another five or six listens to this before I can really fully appreciate it. That's probably, I like it. That's probably
1: true of all Seag yeah, records like But I honest. I mean
0: ah, this this whole point is for us to go for sort of first impressions and stuff. Yeah. I've given you what I think is a record that is kind of quite instantaneous and yeah, like those true. albums are bangers straight and yeah, yeah, those yeah. songs of like Whispers is just that bass line and the synth comes in, it's all like brilliant and like poppy and lovely. Definitely. Whereas this is much more of a of a challenge. So I don't feel as comfortable with going, this is great. I okay. feel like I can tell that it is really good. Okay. But what I possibly, if I was to go, hmm, is this, do I like this or not? Like, I feel like I like it, but then I also think the bits where it goes heavy, do I like other bands who do that better? Mm, okay. Who, who kind of live in that place, that okay. doomy space. Are they the best doom band? Maybe not, but then they're different. And then would I not rather they concentrated on their strength but i think it's cool that they've been able to you know they're obviously not a band who are uh married to one space no i mean they're not a band who are kind of um sticking their their flag in the sand for we are this and and And, refusing to move on and that's cool and yet they
1: always sound like siga rose and Mm. no other band on the planet. yeah i mean i did think
0: immediately like this is them although i was like oh fuck like heavy and yeah
1: Great. Um, okay, so you're not quite prepared to say you like it yet, but you, I think think you I like it. do. I think yeah, I like it. I think I
0: like it. I just don't know how much I like okay, it. Okay, cool
1: that's fair that's fair it's uh, it's good I think most of my records are going to take a while to be yeah. honest
0: <laughs> sorry about that you get a week <laughs> and that's it um, alright so there you Ooh. go I mean if you were playing along at home you can tweet us at riotact yeah. underscore podcast
1: we would love to know what you think of both of these records yeah, or if, either of these records if you're especially if you're you haven't heard them before
0: yeah if, I mean if you're a previous fan and you're like yes you know you got it right or you, you got it drastically wrong mm. uh, but if you haven't heard them before and you decided to listen along with us then um, yeah Cool. And obviously, you know, uh if you ever hear one of us mention a band or an artist that we we've never listened to before, really, and you want and you're a fan and you want us to listen to one of their albums, then again, do tweet us, do yeah, get in touch. Absolutely. Um but yeah, like I hope if you you know, let us know what you think. And now I guess we reveal what next week's records yes. are gonna be. Uh
1: shall I go shall I go first? <laughs> yes, please. Um so uh I we discussed them in episode zero and uh it emerged that you weren't very familiar. I mean it was gonna happen very, very soon. And we're also seeing uh Venot uh <coughs> tangent uh-huh. in uh ooh, in a few days. Mm. Um today actually when this comes <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and um so I think it's about time you listen to some ocean size. And a lot of people have been calling out Fuse listen to ocean size over Twitter yeah, yeah. as well. Okay. Uh I think I don't think it's their best record, but I think that... I believe their most immediate record, in my opinion, is their debut, which is Eflores. It's okay. um, so a 75 monstrosity. I hope you uh, have time. <laughs> but um... Well, I don't. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> <Good. laughs> I definitely and... don't. <laughs> and it's, uh, uh, it's not... Is it immediate? I don't... No. Uh, but yeah, um, I'd be very, very curious to know how you get on with uh, Eflores, because... It's one of my favourite albums of all time.
0: Right, Effloress by Ocean Size. I've got yeah. to listen to that. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to say too much about this record. Okay. Because this is the ultimate fucking curveball.
2: Oh, okay. Um,
0: and that's pretty much all I'm willing to say about it. All I know is you are familiar with, but not a massive fan of Intomb, or not massively familiar with Intomb. I, I, wouldn't,
1: I wouldn't say not a massive fan. I love what I've heard, but right. I've
0: only heard a couple of records. Right, okay. I would like you to go away and listen to the first album they did post the departure of the man who wrote all of their songs, Nick Anderson. Oh, okay. Nick Anderson, the drummer in Entombed for the first four records, Yep, was sort of like the mastermind behind that band. Okay, didn't know that. And then he left mm-hmm. to go and do, to play guitar and vote and do vocals in helicopters.
1: Oh my, I, yeah. I, I did not know yeah. that. I didn't Indeed. even realise there was an Entombed Helicopters uh, uh, connection. Wow, yeah. okay. okay. So
0: Nick Anderson went, I don't want to play drums in a death metal band anymore. I, I like Kiss. and yeah. he did all these interviews going, um, I like Kiss and I like fucking uh, Aerosmith and I like the MC5, I'm out. So he left. He wow. just left okay. the band and everyone was like, oh shit, you gotta, not only do you have to get a new drummer, you have to get, You have to start writing songs on your own now. Um, And the album they came up with is called Same Difference.
1: Okay. Same Difference.
0: And. It's. Wow, well, I'm not prepared to say no, anything no, no, else no, that's about that's it.
1: All that's all you need to say. I'm, 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 I'm super pumped here. But you know,
0: you know what entombed sound like. Don't you? I do know what
1: entombed sound like. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've heard mm-hmm. enough to know what they usually sound like. I'm all getting right. the sense that they are not
0: going to sound like that. No, you, you, <laughs> you think you know what they sound like? <laughs> okay, okay, uh, okay. All right, cool. Well, anyway, so I'm going to go and listen to Ocean Size. You're going to go and listen to Entombed, and so. we will report back next week again. Mm-hmm play along at home if you want yeah please guys um let's do one really really quick album review from an album that came out today is that right if it's uh
1: last friday last
0: friday so it's been out a week now it's by the band foxing it's called nearer my god uh you actually saw them at the during the week yes i did we'll Uh, we'll talk about that in a bit yeah um
1: foxing are this is their third record And every record that they do is um, very different from the last one, I would say. Uh, What would you... you, Is this the only Foxing record you're familiar with? I'd never heard of them before. Okay. What genre would you say Foxing are from this album alone?
0: I guess kind of modern alternative, if that's a thing. Uh, Okay, yeah. Last week we reviewed the Dirty Projectors record. Uh huh. And I liked it more than you. Yes. And you didn't like it because there were bits of it that you thought were twee. That, right? that
1: was uh, yeah. Not, not not that I hated it or anything yeah. like that, but it was a bit too twee you for my taste. Like it was a bit too yeah, twee. Yeah, yeah.
0: Now I think there's a similar thing that might happen uh, this week because mm. I like this record a lot, and I like it the more I listen to it. But my first initial listen to it, I was like, I hate this. Really, I hate it.
1: Goodness, like okay. I really
0: cannot stand this. It reminds me of Imagine Dragons. Oh, uh, and I it just so replace Twee with bombastic, like that kind of American bombast. Yeah, it reminded me of stuff like Thirty Seconds to Mars, and I was like, this is like not. Yeah, I know, right? But it, it's got that same level of of grandeur there's definitely grandeur
1: on this record undoubtedly but and yeah, i was okay. like
0: i i could see again like i think there is a hell of a hell of a hell of a lot of creation creativity yeah. swirling around in this record the yeah. way they use um brass brass and strings mm-hmm. and but the more i listen to it the more I kind of got used to that and I sort of concentrated on the unusual sort of eccentricities of the uh-huh. record. And now I'm in a place where I I like it. I think some of the songs on it, there's a song on it. I think the opening track on it is called Grand Paradise. That yes. is fucking brilliant.
1: It's, I'm going to say this right now. Grand Paradise might be my favourite song of the year. Okay, wow, it mm. is really good. Mm. There's a
0: song called "Game Shark," which I think yes. is incredibly, yep. incredibly clever. Five cups, I think. Five cups, like not really like anything I've ever heard. What What is
1: What is that song? It's yeah. nine minutes long. It has this beautiful refrain, which is um, uh, oh, it's about drowning. Um, I can't remember it. That's really annoying. No, I can't remember. But, it. Um, but nine cups is just the most beautiful, or like. It's got like elements of psychedelia in it. It's got elements of like uh, prog in it. It's, mm. it's I just I don't know what it is, but I know I fucking love it. That's beautiful. I yeah, think. Um, yeah.
0: It's it's really great. And and the thing because they are so creative and they are clearly so clever and they are so ambitious. It's the th- this album is really ambitious, but it feels like like it's musically ambitious. And then I all it's there's there's two, there's different. Ways of being ambitious. There's being musically ambitious and there's being commercially ambitious. And some bands, you know, your UMIX you sixes and your fucking uh Bullet for my Valentine's and those sort of bands, those bands are commercially, commercially ambitious. ambitious. Yeah. They go, what can we write that a load of young people who will just listen to any old slop will buy? Right, mm-hmm. and that's it. They just go. If we can kind of cynically manoeuvre ourselves into a position where we wear the right clothes and sound like whatever's really, really popular at the moment, mm-hmm. like Ed Sheeran or whatever, then, then, then we will be. There. And to them, that's ambition. Yeah. But there's also being creatively ambitious, which is going well. All we're interested in is breaking new ground musically yeah. and doing as difficult and as challenging music as we can do. There aren't many bands that do those two things at the same time. And I think foxing are one of those. Not cynically, not cynically, the kind of commercial aspect, but this to me definitely strikes me as a band who want to be playing in big, big venues.
1: I I don't know. I have no idea if that's the case. I mean, they certainly look um this is no offense to the band at all they they look like an odd band so right. there's no sort of um there's 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 nothing going on there in terms of them trying to reach commercial appeal or anything like that i really hope that doesn't sound like an insult but it's not meant as one yeah um and um i think the fact that i can bring a bit more context to this because i'm a, i'm familiar with their first two records as well and what mm-hmm. i will say is like dealer their previous album is sounds almost completely different right singers singing in a totally different register um it's a lot lower um i would call the previous record like a pretty ambient record Mm -hmm. there's like no shouting or screaming on it there's not loads of screaming on this record but there certainly is some and live it came out a lot more definitely heavier live yeah um and what i would say is that's probably not the move of a band who want to be playing i don't know Brixton Academy or something like that.
0: Yeah, but that was that was then, and this is now, is what I would say. Mm. This th- those choruses, and there are points in this album where I was like, "This is full blown Imagine Dragons mm. like radio chorus." Mm. Mm. Like it mm. just is but, to my ears. It just is. But there is also, and it's mean, not an. In, that's almost not like I say. It's almost not an insult. It's not. It's not an insult mm, because mm, mm. you know that's just that's the way that big pop song choruses sound these days. It's yeah. just, I don't happen to like to it. To like it.
1: But there's also, um, you know, like if we take the first song, Grand uh, Grand Rapids or Grand Paradise, whatever it's called, that's, uh, that doesn't have a traditional verse, chorus, verse structure. No. Uh, neither does Five Cups. Like a lot mm. of these songs don't have what you would call like a verse, chorus, verse, chorus structure. So I don't, dis- I don't, I don't, completely disagree with what you're saying but i but i don't think i don't believe there's any sort of any cynicism there at all i do believe that this is kind of artfully done for the sake of the music being as yeah. good as possible
0: i mean i don't uh, I, people get funny when you say this band wants to be big mm. uh, yeah 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 and there's nothing um, wrong with that no no And that's what I'm saying. I'm saying there's nothing wrong with that. I think if you're doing... There's only something wrong with it if you don't have the musicality to back everything else up. So I think it's all right in kind of... It's all right to dress your very, very difficult compositions and your nine-minute-long kind of uh, string and broken beat-led, like, weird, emotive alt-rock songs. It's all right to kind of... like put all of that in in a prism where it can be kind of uh linked by a huge chorus. But yeah. like, that's all right. And if they do that and they go well shit like that could really work. Like I, I if this band got big in the same way as a lot of the bands who are current like the bands that I've just talking about the kind of really really terrible like slop that is passed up for kind of uh, mainstream rock band at the mm-hmm. moment. Like when you listen to the last Fallout Boy album, or if you listen to all time. I mean, th- this band are not comparable to, to no. bands like that in any way no. whatsoever. But I'm just saying, there are there are hints at the ability to kind of write those kind of soaring, stirring melodies, and they use very similar production techniques. So I don't think it's too ludicrous an idea to sort of imagine that somewhere they've gone. What would happen if we managed to make, to marry the world, world, worlds of sort of difficult underground expansive indie music and huge pop songs? Like, we'd be creatively very interesting mm. and we might, we might end up commercially being able to do all the things that we want to do. Mm. It's not an in, like, I feel like you've taken this as like an insult to them no, straight uh, away. Uh,
1: uh, I, 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 I just, I just, don't think that's where their heads are. I mean, neither of us know, mm. um, but it does. I, I just, I just don't quite see that. I mean, the bands that I would compare this to are more um, Manchester Orchestra and um, Brand New. It's that kind of yeah modern emo thing, but like done really, really well. Yeah, um, but
0: the, they're a million times cleaner than those bands. Like the the they they are using the the like proper up-to-date modern standard they're they're subverting it into something else and they're surrounding it with lots of other things Mm. but they are definitely using those they are like um they are definitely using those those techniques
1: maybe it's seeing it live the week that it was released as well because live they ain't cleaner than those bands (laughs) they (laughs) they, they, they are definitely not um I uh, I I don't know. I, I I mean I I think I think it's probably it's probably becoming apparent that I think this album's an absolute masterpiece. Right. I, like this is an album of the year contender for me. Is it? It's, yeah. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. Okay. And I can't stop listening to it. Uh, it's definitely a grower. Um, the first time I heard it, I was like, well, the first time I heard it, I was really taken aback because I knew the previous records, and it's very very different from both of those albums, um, but. I knew that it was a bold, brave, new direction and that I was really excited about. And then Mm. the more I listened to it, I've been listening to it two or three times a day, pretty much.
0: Yeah, Uh, I've listened to it a lot because I wanted to make sure and I felt like I liked it more and more every time I listened to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And those sort of things that really like grated on me, they were like kind of... It's only because my initial reaction to it was so nails down a chalkboard. I was like, fuck, I hate this. Wow. Yeah, I was like, fucking these bands... Okay. But then actually, I was like, I was like, I can't really say that because this song's seven minutes long and it's like you can yeah. hear the guitar and he's not auto tuned his voice. Like we were talking about the auto tune on the Dirty Projectors album last week. Yeah. yeah. And um, But there's just points in it where I almost wish they would be more twee than more like, oh, right, you okay. know,
1: the, like. So you think they're sort of somewhere in the middle between the two and can't almost make their minds up? Or?
0: No, not even that, really. I just like, I. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't like that really, I, it feels really staged. Like it kind of brings me out of the song a bit when I start hearing like that, like,
1: like all that mm. stuff.
0: Like I'm immediately like, no, 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 mm. no, 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 no. no. Don't like that music. It's rubbish. And I see it that. Like, I see that. Quite, it just shakes me out of it, the thing
1: i see that more as i I know the song you're referring to and i see that more as singer songwriter kind of jeff buckley james vincent mcmorrow stuff than i do all time low and Mm.
0: yeah i mean it's not all time low but it but it's like i say 30 seconds of miles and imagine dragons like they have that like i just they're bits where i suddenly go this is really cool and then it's like all these white lights come on behind somebody doing a Crucifix pose, right? Okay. Like in a field of eighty thousand people, and I just go, "Oh no!"
1: I, I, I assure you, it does not come across like that live. Okay. I just, I, ju- I just promise you, there is no and it's ego not, in in this band. No, no, and it's not
0: all the time. In fact, the more I listen to it, the more I go, "It's pretty rare." Right. But the moments when it does happen. I I I I've kind of got used to it now. I wouldn't say I'm completely 100% reconciled to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But I like. I do like this. Interesting. I think it's okay. good. Okay, okay. I think it is really really good. I think they're really really good songwriters. Yeah. And I think they're really really interesting. And I think they're very clever. Yeah. Um. And I think they're obviously ambitious in. I th- they're ambitious. They, to me, they come across as a band who are ambitious in every single sense of the word. Yeah. And there's nothing. Like I say, there is nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with being ambitious.
1: No, no, definitely not. Definitely.
0: Right? And and if it, it sounds like I've been like, oh, they're cynical and oh, they should be writing like, you know, two minute punks, you know, it should sound like minor threat. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is I have a real personal problem with any band who go like you do with bands who are twee. Like the mm, tweeness mm, mm, of 30 Projectors didn't bother me at all because mm. the shit surrounding it was so good mm, mm. if it's just twee then i would have been like nah but there's enough surrounding it yeah. whereas this there's enough surrounding it for me to still enjoy it but there are those moments where i'm like i would rather it was twee than it was like okay you know god complex
1: interesting okay well yeah there we go but you I mean, love it i i absolutely adore it i mean i'm i barely listen i it's literally every album that i listen to I then come back to this record. I listen to this record in between every single album I'm listening to at the moment. Okay, I, I just, I just love it, and and I'm not getting bored of it. And seeing it live made me like it even more.
0: I think there's plenty more to sort of come from in terms of like because I definitely will continue to listen to this cool. record. Okay, definitely because there's a couple of like absolutely unbelievable songs in. It and I think it flows really well as one piece. As I
1: wonder. Well. I mean, annoyingly, I, I, if if you do get a chance to see them at Art Tangent, annoyingly, it's one of the most uh, annoying clashes of the entire weekend they clash with bosk which is real pain even though neither of them sound alike but they're both brilliant brilliant bands
0: um i mean i can't see me not watching bosk yeah fair enough (laughs) enough. if i'm being completely honest bosk is fucking brilliant yeah
1: but like um but you know maybe when they come back like seeing it live i think might might make it make more sense or or for you or something like that but this feels like a poll Maybe, um, yeah. Uh, so, um, views yeah. on the new Foxing album?
0: If yeah, you definitely it listen, listen to. It. I would say definitely listen to it. It's just that you know, you know, what? I like fucking trap them. And stuff, yeah, I
1: know, I know, I know. But you, but you know, you don't. But you don't just like trap them. You
0: like loads. Of no, stuff, I know. I do. yeah. You know? I know. I was you just know, trying so. to make it feel better myself. <laughs> um, okay, but it's good. No, it's the thing is, it's good. I feel like because I haven't said it's the greatest thing ever, people are going to go, "Why do you hate this?" Because that's what people do. People yeah, go. Yeah. Why did you hate that record that you gave eight out of ten? Because the guy sat opposite you gives it ten out of ten. Doesn't mean yeah, I hate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It means I just, just don't I'm absolutely just... adore it like you. And I don't think it's there's a couple of bits I'm like ah, I don't really care about. That. I
1: think I, I will say that I think a part of the reason I adore it is because it's uh, uh, in terms of you know sometimes you get those records which are really really personal to what's going on in your life at that moment. Mm-hmm. This is one of those records right now. Right, <laughs> so uh, so that helps. Yeah, sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, listen to it and. Uh, tell us what you
0: think. Sweet, okay well a band are called Foxing and the album is called Nearer My God, and it's out right bloody now. Let us know what you reckon. Um, so, look, we've seen basically every band that ever formed <laughs> yeah. uh, between the two of us in the last like week or so. Uh, we're going to be talking bloodstock in a bit, but we'll probably go through all the other gigs that we went to. You went to see Soulfly. I did,
1: yeah, yeah, at the Islington Academy in London town. I quite uh, wish I'd gone to this. It was really good fun. Was it? Yeah, and like, um, you know, bit of conf- confession time, I hadn't... You know, I I know Soulfly, I've listened to a a few of their albums, but I've not really kept up
0: with Soulfly. Dude, Archangel, the last Soulfly album, and actually Psychosis, the last Cavalera Conspiracy album, are both wicked.
1: Well, I think off the back of this, I'm going to check them out. I think the last record I properly went in, in on it was the um one that rise of the fallens on i think it's prophecy i can't even remember when that was released that's a fucking
0: long time ago. was it okay yeah, okay okay really long so
1: um yeah i was just i, I was just like uh, you know i got offered uh the chance to go and i was like yeah i'm up for seeing soulfly it's been a while and there was an element of me which was like have soulfly really moved on in they have have they? Yeah. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is maybe not as much as they should have done, but I've still really enjoyed it. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed myself much more than I thought I was going to enjoy myself as well, I would okay. say. Um, the main thing that blew me away about Soulfly is their drummer, who is He's Max's amazing. son. Yeah. Uh, Zion? Zion yeah. Cavallaro. Oh, my God. I mean... Obviously, Soulfly like, don't have the tribal thing going on in the same way that Sepultura did on Roots, mm. but there's still an element of the tribal stuff. Certainly, in the first
0: few records for sure.
1: And like this, this I, I, I think
0: is he not um, Igor Cavalera's son, Zion? Oh, apologies. Okay, I think, he, I think
1: he is. I saw Cavalera, and I just made a bit of an assumption there, yeah. so my, my apologies. But um, but. Uh, I was completely blown away by, by him and I, I was watching him more than any other member of the band which when you consider Max Cavalera's there mm. um, you know whose who's presence is amazing I mean mm. Max Cavalera is just a fucking legend isn't he yeah. he's just an absolute legend he does legend. it like
0: a sort of boiled sweet that has been dropped down the like side the back of a sofa <laughs> <laughs> uh but an endearing one yeah um, a really metal
1: one <laughs> really yeah, metal as fuck um i i really really enjoyed it and and because they're between albums at the moment they're going to release their
0: 11th record yeah. ritual it's coming out this year yeah, later,
1: later this year mm-hmm. uh they played one song from it it sounded like soulfly uh it sounded fine it sounded good it just sounded like another soulfly song but um because they're between records they're kind of they're sort of almost doing a best of set uh, you know so it was just a couple of songs from most of their records yeah. they threw in a nail bomb song which was ah, awesome beauty um, uh, it, it was it, I really really enjoyed myself cool. so much more than I thought I was going to um, but yeah the main the main thing I came away from was fuck me that drummer's amazing he's just all over the kit all the time and yeah. I just I loved what he was doing um yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Sweet, I really, really enjoyed it. Do You know, the other thing that I realised, Soulfly are one once they release this new record, they are one album away from having double the amount of records that they released in Sepultura with Max. That was wow. a really convoluted way to say that. Yeah, Max Cavalera released six records with Sepultura, and Soulfly are we'll about to release their eleventh. But then, yeah, once they release their twelfth, they will have Fourth double
0: double the amount of albums that he released for Sepultura. Well, I think Derek Green has now been in Sepultura for like eight years longer than Max. Yeah. In Sepultura. Yeah,
1: it's crazy, isn't it? It's
0: yeah. nuts. Anyway, um, the, well, the next night, uh, I went to see Danzig mm, at the Brixton old, Academy yeah. and Paradise Lost. Got a shout out Paradise Lost yeah. who were fucking great. Awesome. Good. Like, they were great and um, I'll be talking a little bit about Nick Holmes later on as well because he's in Bloodbath. Uh, but... Oh, yeah. um, but he is, like, such a great, like, moody, dour, northern presence of a front man. Yeah. Like, really wicked. But, they but picked, a lovely man in real life. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> really yeah. lovely man. Um, they picked a very goth-era heavy set list. Oh, cool. Uh, they did their Bronski beat cover. Oh, uh, Small cool. Town Boy, which they said, we'll probably never play this again, and we very, very, very very rarely ever play it. Nice. Um Ended with, say, just words. Like, it was all, you know, because the last couple, I think Medusa was the last one, and the one before that was... I can't remember what it's called. But obviously Nick's gone back to since he's joined Bloodbath, yeah. Paradise Lost had a bit of a like, let's go back to kind of gothic era, early kind of um, death metal thing. It wasn't really that sort of vibe with Danzig. They obviously thought, well, you know, he's a bit more goth. So let's do the sort of one second host um, era kind of stuff. So, uh, which is good for me because I like all that. I thought they were really, really good, but they're kind of, they're a bit that they're, they're very reliable band and it felt like a good fit for the bill as well with them yes. danzig like if you're of a certain age my age um, <laughs> that is a great bill for you yeah. and then uh danzig came on and danzig <laughs> I'm already
1: enjoying the tone of this. danzig
0: now uh, what i'm going to say right is if you ignored and and to be honest i did ignore if you ignored all of the many many things that were severely wrong with Danzig's performance uh, at Brixton Academy the other night. It was brilliant. The set list was brilliant. Like, the last couple of Danzig albums have been poo. And mm-hmm. so he basically didn't bother. Uh-huh. It was very kind of first three album heavy. And when you got okay. to... When not, you got, not
1: even from Danzig 4?
0: No, not a lot, Interesting. no. And, and when you get to, like, kind of... Mother, Long Way Out of Hell, Mm -hmm. and um, To How We Ride, like as the ending thing, like amazing. And, um, you know, chucked out Twister Kane really early on. Nice. It's fucking great. And, um, yeah, didn't do any of his shit covers from his shit covers (laughs) album. So it was like the set list was great. Brixton Academy was incredibly sparsely populated. Mm. I think Glenn thinks he's bigger than he actually is. Mm. I heard a rumor about the amount of money that uh, the Misfits are. Being asked, uh, are asking for for them to come over to the UK, mm-hmm. and if they're asking for that much, we can forget the Misfits ever coming to the UK because really. they just aren't that big in the UK. They what aren't that think, big.
1: What do you think? What venue do you think the Misfits would play?
0: Brixton. Yeah, I was going to say I think it would be. I Brixton. think they'd play Brixton. Wouldn't I don't think arena. They definitely wouldn't no. play an Arena. Not in the UK. No, not a chance.
1: Where should Danzig have played in London? Then so I think Bri- he played. Well, is- look,
0: he, he sold out the Roundhouse with right. Doyle doing misfit songs right last time he came over in 2013 right. okay right he headlined a third stage at download yeah on the back of what i would say is a superior album to the one he's got out at the moment right um i think you know i think he could definitely like the forum which okay. is two thousand people that's basically two and a half thousand people
1: half of brixton academy yeah it
0: was you know it was but but, but do you know what because it was so quiet it was everyone sort of went to the front and like there was a lot of gaps you could you could stand yeah, you could yeah, move yeah, yeah. around you could run around and it was really really and and it was really really good tommy victor is a great guitarist um always seeing uh uh johnny kelly from type o negative on drums mm. is mm. like a real treat yeah of course and um and yeah, and like, they're a tight band. The sound of Brixton Academy is notoriously bad. It was bad again. Mm. <laughs> Glenn, Even for
1: Danzig? Yeah. That's a shame.
0: Glenn is uh glenn was in good in a good mood last time i saw glenn danzig on stage he was swearing at a, a sound monitor guy throwing a monitor at him saying into the microphone the sound guy's a cunt like within <laughs> one song and he did it for he basically didn't look at the audience once he looked at the sound guy the entire time right. and just like pointed at him and gave him like the finger the whole way through that's what you pay kept, your money like, for yeah and kept throwing bottles of water at him and i was like hello yeah, we're yeah, over yeah. here mate but <coughs> He was in a good mood on, um, good. on that Tuesday night and he was really, seemed really up for it. Uh, he's a bit of a role model to me because he's, a, he's buff and fat. So <laughs> <laughs> from, a diff- from a distance... He look you go, oh he's looking pretty buff. and then he sort of turns aside and you go, and fat <laughs> like really muscly but really fat. And I was like, Yes, yes, this is a man that I can like follow the, the, the trends of. And uh the Danzig diet. Yeah, the Danzig mm-hmm. Diet. And um probably like skulls and bats. He sort of looks a little bit like Tommy Wiseau from the room. He now. really does, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he really does. Yeah. Um and his I would say he's probably less normal than Tommy Wiseau from the room, and uh, yeah. So, and he he like I wouldn't say his voice sounded bad because I don't know. Or like he was holding the microphone about five meters away from him the whole oh, time really? and letting the audience sing everything. Oh, like the audience really. were really yeah. up for it, and everyone sang everything. And he'd occasionally like go, oh <laughs> yeah, hey, come on, yeah. <laughs> And that is basically all he did. And he kind of crab-walked around. He had the had a belt on with a big metal belt buckle w- w- of the artwork of the first Danzig album. But because his gut was so big, it was sort of pointing at the, at the floor. Oh. Uh, and he was sort of crab-walking around. And he was wearing, like, you know, a man of his age. He had, he's got long hair. He's got leather trousers on. He's got a f- f- fucking tight black T-shirt. Um, he, he's not changed his clothes since like 1984. Hopefully he's I mean, He's probably washed them. Yeah. They've been re-sewed. And re- his, his mum's patched them up a few times. I'm sure <laughs> those leather trousers, but, uh, but he just didn't give a fuck. And he, yet yeah, he still managed to be cool. The thing wow. about it is he still managed to be cool. Okay. Like I looked at and I was like, this band looked fucking cool. All in black. Yeah. Like there was nothing, not much of a stage show. It was just a backdrop. Uh, of the album covers from whatever song they were playing, and lots so of change, they? Yeah, 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 and lots of purple light and a big mm. kind of wall of that. So they didn't really spend much on any sort of production at all, which is a bit of a shave when you mm. think Danzig would suit that quite well. Yeah, and he, you know, definitely, it's quite a big show, but obviously, you know, like uh, Glenn needs money, doesn't he? He needs yes, he money. Um, <laughs> everyone needs money, and so despite the fact that, objectively speaking. It was rubbish. It was brilliant. You still had a lovely time. Yeah, it was great. Like I had a really, really good time, but it was kind of objectively, uh, it was rubbish.
1: Would it have been worth, I, I, what was a Danzig ticket? 30 or 40 quid? About that, yeah. Would it have been worth that?
0: I think it depends how much you like Danzig. Yeah. I think if you're one of those people who love, I don't know many people that love Danzig enough to love the last few Danzig albums. No, out I don't know. Anyone. Right, so, if you're going to see Danzig and Paradise Lost, chances are you are someone who grew up in the the late '80s to, to early yeah. early '90s, yeah. and you go and you go, "I want that, I want that." And like, although there were, like I said, there were problems with everything. If he picked a really really good set list, and he thing. has a great band. I mean, he doesn't. The sound kind of was a bit shit, but like that band are great. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Like Tommy Victor's great.
1: So it's a Black Sabbath situation, basically.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: okay. But it was
0: good. Like, I had a really good time. I just I kind of wished he was playing Bloodstock, because I would have been interested to see him outdoors yeah. with... Uh- but he probably wanted a headline, and it was like, no, mate, you can't headline.
1: Or, yeah, no, Danzig shouldn't be headlining. No. But he not. would he would have
0: wanted a yeah, headline. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he yeah, would yeah, want a headline. He's yeah. not going to fucking do anything else. Ooh. So, uh, that was Danzig. You also went to go and see... Um, Larry and his Flask. Larry and his Flask. I was back
1: at the Islington Academy two days later. Larry and his Flask, um, they, used to, they are on Extra Mile Records. It's actually the same label as uh, Frank Turner and mm-hmm. uh, bands like that. They're not exactly like frank turner uh the best way to describe them is probably blue blues grass music played by punks um i have a huge soft spot for larry and as fast they kind of went away for a little while but now they're back and they've just announced a third album um this was another situation where it was really sparse and i walked into the room and i was really uh I'm just really upset for them because like i say they've been away for a couple of years they've just been recharging their batteries and like yeah you know, i think I, I think i believe figuring out if they still wanted to be a band or they decided that they do but i just think this gig was really poorly advertised And i think it's a real shame um because i'd say the islington academy was maybe a third full oh shit yeah it was really really so At first, I was like, man, I think this is going to be a bit of a washout and it's a real shame. So fair fucks to Larry Innes Floss because, and the crowd, actually, I will say, because they walked on. And I I will say, I think it took them a couple of songs to properly warm up. But once they got into the groove from like the third track, Mm. it was just brilliant. The crowd were making enough noise for a sold-out Islington Academy. Um, and they've got these beautiful songs. I mean, I would recommend um, going on Spotify and just checking out Ebb and Flow or Pandemonium. We were talking about harmonies earlier with Alice in Chains. It's a very different, different type of harmony, but it's almost like a barbershop quartet kind of thing. And there's loads of harmonies and all yeah, that stuff. Cool. Um, and they've got like... a double bassist who is just going crazy, like jumping on his bass and playing it at the same time. Like the aesthetic and the uh the way that they play is very punk rock. But it's bluesgrass. It's bluesgrass music. It's absolutely awesome. Um the crowd was so receptive and brilliant that they not only got you you know how Encores these days, or encores you know, since the beginning of time really, aren't really encores. It's just the band walk off stage. Then they come back on stage. Yeah. For starters, Larry and his Flask not only got a genuine encore, <coughs> they got two genuine encores. Wow. Uh, which I don't believe I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Um I've seen I've seen genuine encores before, but not two. The Islington Academy put the house lights on around half past ten. The gig didn't finish till like five to eleven. Right. They just they just like the back, the crowd just would not leave. It was fucking great. And and it was just because I feel like anyone who is into Larry and his flask absolutely adores them, but they do have a very small fan base. But my god, that fan base is really passionate, and I just feel like more people need to know about them. There's a kind of they 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 don't sound like Flogging Molly, but they remind me of Flogging Molly and that kind of Flogging Molly take punk and like Celtic music and mix it together imagine that but rather than celtic blues grass and you've got larry in his flask and i just think they're they're fucking great they're Sweet. wonderful and i really just i wanted to talk about them because not enough people know about them fair enough and they're going to be back soon they're releasing a third record and when they're back you should go and see them live because they're right.
0: fucking awesome well do you yeah. also saw so net, my next though. gig uh
1: was was uh, foxing. foxing yeah 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 First of all, I want to talk about Kamikaze Girls because they supported. So it was Kamikaze Girls, Foxing. I like that band. Yes, they're wonderful. Um, Kamikaze Girls, Foxing and Pianos Become the Teeth. So it's uh-huh. a sort of co-headliner with Foxing Pianists Become the Teeth. Kamikaze Girls were really good. I think they um, struggled slightly with not a wonderful sound. There was a lot of drums um, and not enough guitar, which is when it, when it's a two piece uh, is really going to affect it quite astronomically. Um, And it was a real shame that there weren't very many people when they started, it got much, much better as it went on in terms of um, uh, the crowd being there. And everyone who was there was very receptive to them, but I think they were thrown a little bit to begin with. Yeah. But like you say, that debut album they released, Seafoam, is stunning. It's, it's so good. It's a really, really good record. Mm. I feel like Kamikaze Girls were great, but they had a few sort of technical hitches and bits and pieces, which weren't their fault. They were, They had a few things against them, which made them... I've seen them play 2000 Trees, and it was, like, revelatory. And this was just... You could tell it was a really great band struggling against annoying circumstances. But they looked ha- really happy to be there, and, and like it was, it was. They're really, really good. I strongly recommend you check them out. This wasn't their best showing, but they are fantastic. Okay, um, cool. Then um, I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk about Piano's Become the Teeth next. Uh, it was actually Foxing who came on next, but I'm going to leave them until last. So Piano's Become the Teeth are going through a very sort of interesting. Well, they've been through a very interesting transition in that. Do you know much about Pianos Become the Teeth? A little bit. They used to be kind of like a screamo band with post-rock elements, you know, like mm. a grand screamo band. And their with their last record, Keep You, um, they went through a transition period where they basically became more of a shoegazy sort of proposition. There's no screaming anymore in their that. lyrics at all. Um, and Keep You is a... Excellent album. It's really, really good. Um, it's a, it's another grower. It takes a little while to get into, but once you're there, it's just amazing. There's a song on it called Repine, which is just world class. Um, and now they've got to the stage where they have cl- the the material from their first two albums, the screaming stuff, they have just left behind entirely because they've got a new album out called Wait for Love, um, which is more along the same lines as Keep You, the shoegazy, clean vocals sort of stuff. The thing I would say is um, Wait For Love, in my opinion, is fine, but it's kind of an in- inferior version of Keep You, to be honest. So I feel like they're touring a, not a bad record, just just an okay record, which is the only thing that I'd say brings them down ever so slightly. But they were great. And considering that they are a band who have just basically decided to almost re- you know, press the restart button, and they've only really just begun to do that you, you you could you could view them as a band who only have two records but in reality they have four but they didn't play anything from the first two albums they just played stuff from the last two records and um they did a split with touche amore and they did uh one of the songs from that as well doing that, yeah. yeah okay cool. um but i really like pianos become the teeth and um i think that they have a real intensity to their performance i think i th- i think they were really 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 good I I just have a bit of a I just can't get into the new record personally. I just don't. I just think it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not bad. But but keep you as an absolute. Whenever they played songs from that record, I was like, oh, this is incredible. Um, but then, foxing just blew me away. Right. <laughs> I mean, we've already gone on about how yeah, I was going to say yeah. Yeah, I'm Pretty <laughs> we, sure we knew we've already that. said it. But um, I think um just the songs on that new album are just so much heavier live and there's like a lot more kind of screaming and there's the the brass stuff is all done live because the um lead, oh, singer, cool. lead singer does uh, plays trumpet i think yeah. i think it's trumpet um and it was just so raw and emotional it was literally the day before that album came out nearer to go came out so they were really pleased to be there and they were like we'll remember this night for the rest of our lives because this is the dawn of our new album coming out it was just wonderful i thought they were amazing um i'm really torn with arctangent because i love bosk and i love but i really want to see foxing again so i, I actually don't know what i'm going to do at well, the moment okay um,
0: well what i think for the purposes of the review next week yeah i yeah. should pick yeah. one or the other yeah yeah uh, you want to you, you want to see bosk um funny. cool okay well uh i went to see power trip now well, i'm going to talk about yeah. power trip um at uh, the art town uh, not the art town Gen. fucking hell imagine that uh, <laughs> um at bloodstock in a minute when we get around to the bloodstock review but i went to see them a couple of days before because they are that fucking good they're basically the the best thrash band since the 80s for my money mm-hmm. that's what I'm gonna say okay. it was sold out it was fucking madness um, it was another power trip show then he played for 50 minutes and it absolutely oh. fucking whizzed by they are one of the great metal bands around at the moment but I will tell you more about that later on what I will say is a yeah, fucking dude put his People go like, "Oh, I'll let people take photos if they want to take." Yeah. Somebody when they played "Executions Tax," which is obviously their biggest yeah, song, yeah, yeah. some dude held a camera up, literally, and it's a small stage. He held it up in front of me, my face, and it filmed the entire fucking show. Right yes. now, there's a glass bottle behind me, and I was getting to end that song, and I was like, "I'm gonna throw this glass bottle at his phone." Yeah, I was literally like, "I'm gonna punch this guy's face in." Now, hey, listen, you shouldn't. Don't no, do that. Violence is not. But do you know what I mean? You know when you get that really furious feeling in your stomach where you're like, dude, you are ruining this. I'm with you. Uh, the, the- Everyone's, like, suddenly all these phones came out. Yeah. And I was like, you lot are dicks. Well, the, the next review I'm going to do,
1: that happened a lot. But yeah, yeah I'm sure yeah. It did. I did. Uh, the amount of times that I've had to suppress just wanting to take their phone and throw it away
0: <laughs> I think that's alright I actually like I actually like that was a, the time where I was always like oh, I let people get on with it or whatever and it's yeah. kind of annoying but you know like it. but I literally was like I am watching a gig I'm at a gig and I'm watching it through your phone because yeah. you are right in front of me I've got a little I'm at the back of the underworld with these two massive poles yeah, so I can't yeah, see anything yeah, yeah. all I can see is a little kind of postage damp sized bit of the stage and you are holding your phone in front of that mm. right and i was so angry that i like i hope that person was watching that footage on his way home and he got hit by a plane <laughs> not a bus a plane <laughs> no, a fucking Which, plane a bus would have been more uh, realistic um but yeah but i hope he get i hope uh an empty everyone i hope no one else on the plane died <laughs> i was like when the, i hope was like the film sully where everyone survives but it lands on one dude and it kills him <laughs> Okay. That's my fingers crossed. For cool. if, I had, if I had a rubber fucking lamp and a genie came out, then three wishes, <laughs> wishes, I'd wish for that three times. God, you would have wanted to kill yeah, most people at Iron Maiden on f- f- <laughs> Saturday. <laughs> Dude, yeah. <laughs> but maybe for different reasons. <laughs> um, so go on, Iron Maiden and kill Switch Engage. Well, okay. Well,
1: I will go in with Killswitch first. I think I, there has to be a bit of a caveat here where I say we were having a conversation off mic last week mm-hmm. um, where I basically announced and said that I think Killswitch Engage are possibly the most overrated metal band of the 21st century
0: mm. okay. now that's not true but go on
1: <laughs> now, now just because a band's overrated doesn't mean that I don't like them I just think for my money I think Killswitch Engage um, they, they, they created a monster in my opinion in this sort of modern metalcore thing would you agree yeah with i wouldn't give
0: them sole blame no 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 no, no
1: no 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 no, i'm not i wouldn't give them sole blame but they certainly i think they are the best at the modern metalcore thing mm. um, i think this
0: is like blaming corn for
1: you know what uh, it is
0: for for edema as you can blame Korn it, for edema. It, <laughs> you know it's like blaming oasis for northern uproar
1: it is yes yes yeah i see what you're saying um i think i think the reason that i don't really get on i, I don't i don't dislike kill switch i've you know i've got all the big records and stuff and i listen to them occasionally and um i think they're fine but like i i'm pointing this out because you know i'm i'm also probably not the best person to review it right um my uh housemate shout out amy jeskins does this thing every time i listen to the gaslight anthem she uh Regardless of what the song is, she sings the chorus to the 59 sound over it. And her point is, is that every single Gaslight Anthem song sounds the same. Now, <laughs> Amy is an idiot, but um, that's how I feel about Killswitch Engage. Every single Killswitch Engage song, is, it starts with a rhythmic um, uh, open open note uh, riff, which has screaming over it, and then there's an anthemic Uh, chorus which either goes or it goes and uh, every single song that they played, bar one uh, fitted that bill on Saturday. I I mean I
0: feel like I could give you a bunch that don't do that like off the top of my head but I won't do that because it's not relevant.
1: The only one they did on Saturday that didn't do that was uh, Always which is a... Oh I love that song. Um, The ballad on uh disarm the descent yeah it's good song penultimate song uh Uh, it's so rare that you get like a metal (laughs) ballad which which actually has some grit to it Mm. but i just love that song it's really really good i think the main thing i should say about kill switch is um howard jones came out yeah yeah Mm. how was that
0: because that was that's exciting to me that's very exciting that's very exciting it was it was great that
1: was great i i i was really excited to see kill switch beforehand because i'd not seen them for 12 years i'd never seen them with jesse Jesse's fucking awesome Jesse Leach fair play that man has some pipes and uh, I was really impressed with Jesse Leach I Uh thought he was amazing like I can't fault him at all really Um, in terms of performance I just thought he was incredible Um, but yeah when they brought Howard on it was like wow this feels proper special like Mm. it really did and you know it kind of made me feel like I wish they'd bring Howard back and do a kind of double vocalist thing. I think I think switch would actually have something new and interesting going on if that happened. Now I know Howard Jones is doing uh, his Devil, you know, isn't it? I don't like know. the
0: torch. They're called now. Is, is it? Is it like the torch? Yeah, now? that's what they're called now. Oh, okay. Um, i've Which
1: not listened to that record i it, can't be bothered no neither can i <laughs> i mean well yeah from what i've heard the Devil you know record wasn't very good no. um but uh you know he's doing that thing but like seeing those two on stage together doing they did the end of heartache it was just a, i'm sure it was the end of heartache they all sound the same uh Are it was <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is absolution. Does not sound like my curse. And those two songs are on the same record with oh, each other. My curse is my curse was definitely a highlight. It's a great song. Well, there you go. Like you know, no, it might, it, no, look. But yeah, it, I know what you mean. Yeah, there there are a lot. I,
1: I, I'm just saying why I'm not a massive Killswitch fan. I find them formulaic, and okay. I think they do the same thing over and over again, and I get a bit bored of it. Um, I was really looking forward to seeing them because I'd not seen them with Jesse Leach. But I thought forty-five minutes of Killswitch Engage, where they just do banger after banger, I'm not going to not enjoy that, and I'm not going to get bored. I did get a bit bored.
0: <laughs> oh fucking hell! Yeah. Wow.
1: And and this is the thing. Like I've heard so much stuff about Killswitch Engage being incredible live, and I just, I, I they're they're very good. I, I don't think they're incredible. they' they they were.
0: I've seen them fun. be really really brilliant. Right, like okay. I have seen them be really really brilliant. Last time they played the main stage at Download in 2014, they were unbelievable. Okay. They played Shepherd's Bush Empire just after Jesse came this back. This is the one that everyone was about. And they were absolutely yeah. like off the scale incredible like it was unbelievable but yeah they're not the you know i mean they're not like the best live band in metal or anything like that because but i've heard people (laughs) i saw gujira this yeah
1: yeah but but what annoys me is i've I've heard people say that and it's just like really that's nonsense they
0: probably (laughs) what do they like
1: yeah well yeah exactly
0: i mean you know the, the, most overrated band. When you're thinking of a decade that's got Five Finger Death Punch and Baby Metal uh, and yeah, that's uh, <laughs> Bullet <laughs> that's, For My Valentine really and Avenge Sevenfold actually. and Asking Alexandria yeah. and bands like that. And yeah. you're saying Killswitch Engage are the most overrated metal band of the 21st century. I say to you that that is... I'm nonsense um,
1: annoyingly I'd probably agree with all of those bats. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, fair enough. But yeah. I do I I feel maybe my my um I'm not even going to say dislike because I don't dislike Killswitch, but but I think because of what they spawned, and you're absolutely right. It it is a tray tray oh,
0: it's a trio. It's a trio and Event <then> Sevenfold's fault. <laughs> yeah. All that shit. I'm not having Killswitch engage getting blamed for that. Um, but Killswitch, it's fucking a trio and 18 Visions and all those dicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just awful, awful bands. Yeah, but um, no,
1: it. Killswitch were were really good, and they all did right. Holy Diver as well, which was great. Cool.
0: Um, Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. Go on. Everyone's been everyone and their mum has been wanging on about Iron Maiden. Well, there's a good reason.
1: Um, I've seen Iron Maiden. 10 times mm-hmm. uh, this is the best Iron Maiden show I've ever seen wow, okay. it was ace um, Iron Maiden when they're bad are like a heavy metal pantomime when they're good they're like a heavy metal opera and that's the <laughs> difference between the two Yeah. Um, they went like I I, I I believe that Iron Maiden live have been coasting for a while, um, not in terms of performance so much, but in terms of their show, uh, it feels like they've been using the same sort of stage setup, but just with different backdrops for every um, uh, album. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. we've got a sci-fi album. Let's just put some sci-fi doodas on it. We've got an Aztec album. Let's put some Aztec doodas on it. And it feels like they've sort of gone... You know, our live shows have moved on and uh, it feels like this time they've actually gone, right, well, what can we actually do, which is a bit more different. And there's just so much more props and interesting things going on. So everyone's been talking about the plane, the Spitfire that comes yep, out first up. thing to Aces High. Um, It's awesome. I mean, it, it does fly in a really wonky, chonky way. <laughs> but then that's also sort of the charm of Maiden as well. You know, you either like it or you don't. Sort of sensing maybe you don't um but uh i like aces high that's a tune aces oh it, and massive. what a banger as an opener as well yeah, it yeah, was yeah. it was so good um as as an opener um yeah I and mean, come on i'm not a like no, we've yeah. had this i'm yeah. not an absolute monster <laughs> yeah well set list wise um again lots of people have been going on about how great the set list was it was wonderful um mm-hmm. I wasn't bored until they started playing all the songs which I've heard a million times before. <laughs> um, so it was stuff like they did "Where Eagles Dare," which has hardly ever been played. The Klansman. They did two Blaze Bailey songs, um, but they did... But, but the ah, you say, but they were the <laughs> two. Do. They were the two best Blaze Bailey songs.
0: Wow, and the y- two best Blaze <laughs> Bailey songs. <laughs>
1: god they you, must for like four out of ten <laughs> do you know the clansman
0: freedom no. it's great man no. it's really good it's really no. honestly,
1: honestly. Why, why
0: would i why in 1997 <laughs> when the shape of punk to come came out would i have been listening to, to virtual, virtual 11 11?
1: i mean virtual 11 is a dreadful album but but the clansman is the only good song on yeah, it i've heard people,
0: I have heard people say that to be fair i'm being a yeah.
1: <laughs> so, they played uh, The Clansman and Sign of the Cross, which are, you know, both actually really good songs, especially in Bruce Dickinson's hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they also had a bit of a shape to the show in that, like, the first part was about war, second part was like hell, and then I think the last part was death. I can't remember now. But it, it, that all worked really well, all that imagery and stuff. They had Eddie, you know, I've seen Eddie where he looks like he's about to collapse, yeah. and all the Eddies looked fucking awesome. Like, okay. really, really amazing. Like, the, the Eddie that came out for Number of the Beasts is the most metal Eddie I've ever seen. They played For the Greater Good of God from the record that you actually really like, uh, Matter mm-hmm. of Life and Death. That's a good song. Such a great song. Yeah, Such a great a song. song. The Wicker Man, which is an amazing song. Yeah, I not get down with the Wicker Man. I love the Wicker Man. Your time will come. Um, and uh, it, it was just, it was the best maiden show I've ever seen, Flight of Icarus. Oh my God, why the fuck don't they play Flight of Icarus? normally what an amazing song and they had this, this icarus thing come up and the wings came out it looked amazing bruce dickinson had fire it was a bit of a ramstein moment not as cool as ramstein but they, they you know he put this petroleum pack on it looked like a ghostbusters uh petroleum pack thing and started shooting fire out into the crowd and stuff it was very very cool and then they did all the normal wine Maiden stuff that they do at the end like how they be thy name and number of the beast and all that stuff which was fine
0: <laughs> but uh, but
1: it, yeah best maiden show i've ever seen i do i know everyone's going on about it but there is a reason it was really good and i think you would have
0: thought it was okay well
1: <laughs> i think uh, you would have enjoyed it actually. yeah well, i genuinely think you would have
0: enjoyed well, why are you doing that i was at a proper metal festival <laughs> um so bloodstock i'm going to run through the things i think that are relevant to this podcast i saw some stuff which is i don't think is to be like we were obviously as an alternative music podcast where we cover metal as we can yeah. just explain um uh but there are certain things within the realms of metal that to me don't really fit into alternative music, mm. <laughs> a lot of those bands that, that we we're used. talking about with which Engage, <laughs> funnily enough, actually probably uh, would be good shouts for that. Can I just want to say to begin with, Bloodstock is my favourite festival. Yes, yeah, it yeah, is yeah, fucking brilliant. And the weather was shit for kind of fifty percent of it, but when the weather's shit, at, like download, it ruins it. When the weather shit at Bloodstock it can't ruin it because it's mm, that good. Yes. It's so, so, so great.
1: I think that's really telling and mm. I think that is the proper sign of a good festival.
0: Yeah, really. Uh, it was shitting it down when I got there. Um, so I missed the, the first few bands on the main stage. So I was like, nah, um, <laughs> not going out. We always like honesty on right yeah, acts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so the first band that I was going to talk about were on the, were on the Sophie Lancaster stage, the second stage on the Friday. Sodomized Cadaver.
1: Okay. Heard of, never heard. Yeah.
0: They are a four-piece grindcore band, I believe, from Wales. Love a bit of grindcore. Yeah, I love a bit of grindcore, but it's sort of silly grindcore, isn't it? I like grindcore that's sort of genuinely malevolent. Okay. Whereas I don't like them going, ah, we're going to get all the over 50s and we're going to bum you. Get your boobs, get your bums and willies out. Because, you know, it was all a bit kind of like tongue-in-cheek, like... This is like between song banter or yeah. is this actually the lyrics? No, no, yeah. between song banter. Okay. And it was a bit kind of like that kind of there is a strand of like kind of wacky grindcore and yes. that's what they yes, had. Yes, 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 yes. Um musically it was, you know, it was grindcore. Uh, and <laughs> they're not the best at doing it. Yeah, they, you know, they were kind of I would say they were sort of fine. Fine, okay. I guess. Um but I did see Bloodbath. I saw a bit of Bloodbath. I had yeah, to go and um, nip off um, and watch somebody else on the second stage. But I saw Bloodbath. Now... do you who Who is in the band now? Because I... Who's in the band now? Do you know what? I don't know. Do you know what? I, I don't know because they're all covered in fucking oh, blood and flour right, and okay. guts and stuff. So I was like, I don't know who that is. I didn't even... Re- to the point where I knew it was Nick Holmes. Yes. But I didn't realise it was Nick. Having seen Nick Holmes three days earlier yes. on stage with Paradise Lost. He then turned up and I was going, is that Nick Holmes? Right. I, I can't tell if that's Nick Holmes. They have got, like, the, the Bloodbath are uber-brutal, just straight down the line, classic death metal. Death metal supergroup,
1: basically, aren't they? Yeah,
0: yeah, the sort of death metal supergroup. And they they really, really go for... You know the aesthetics of it. Like I say, it yeah. was just everyone on that stage was just covered in blood and guts yeah. and you know f- flour and caked in stuff. Yeah. Um. So it looked amazing. Uh. In the kind of as the grace, it was just before as the sun started to kind of peek out the clouds. Oh, nice. Bloodbath came on. Um. Guitar tone sounded ferocious. Yeah. On that stage, and Nick Holmes again. Like it was when Nick Holmes opened his mouth, both singing and with the sort of between-song stuff, Mm -hmm. that he's really funny, really dry and sardonic, as was Michael Ackerfeld, yeah, the previous uh, singer, and um, that kind of rusty nail to the neck guitar tone um, with the visuals and with Nick Holmes doing the kind of old school. Like death metal growl, yeah. I didn't get to see all of Bloodbath, but it was wicked. Like as the first band to see on the main stage at a festival at the weekend, Bloodbath were were really good. I think
1: the difference between the humour of them and the humour of Sodomize Sodomize Cadaver is it feels like blood bloodbath remind me of mutoid man not mm. uh not not really musically but just in terms of it's this is clearly just a bunch of people who are getting together and and they wouldn't be doing it unless they were just having a ball like yeah having fun and bloodbath it doesn't <laughs> they don't sound like a fun band on no. record but but they are that is actually the whole point of bloodbath i think isn't it it's just yeah. just to have fun yeah 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 basically that's it cool
0: Um, so suicidal tendencies actually were moved from the main stage they were late so they were moved from the main stage love bites got moved onto the, the main stage I ain't going to talk about love Pikes. Love Pikes. Um, uh, And suicidal so tendencies were moved to the second stage. Now, there's a thing about the second stage, the Sophie Lancaster stage at Bloodstock, which a lot of people, if there was a criticism previously about Bloodstock, it is the fact that the Sophie Lancaster stage tends to be like a couple of bands a day that you might kind of want to see or might have sort of heard of. Um, but it's not like mm-hmm. a stacked bill which represents a proper alternative, and it means there's never really a massive crowd. Uh, this is the first year I think where they really have started to. Um, to change that and Suicide Tendencies you know having to be moved onto that second stage meant that it was people outside the tent like queuing to get in Um, Suicide Tendencies with Dave Lombardo on drums I mean just a legendary crossover like skate thrash um, band and Mike Muir is like nearly 60 I think he's old he's fucking old like he's old okay and he's got so much energy and i think there's a the sort of band where even if you go they don't look like a you know even if you're one of those people who are uber metal and go well suicidal tendencies don't look like a metal band to me they've all got like you know gang stuff on and it's no, well, well yeah, yeah, yeah. like there's still there's so much fucking exuberance and there's so much like heart and there's so much energy to suicidal tendencies that i struggle to understand anyone like i I I saw them I saw them uh, a few years ago. and Agnostic Front were the main support for them, right? And like, I love Agnostic Front, but Agnostic Front noticeably from the kind of the early gigs where I'd seen them, they'd been a band for ten years anyway. But from the early gigs from when I'd first seen Agnostic Front, there was a definitely definite noticeable step down in terms of the amount of energy they physically could. You know, people get old, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they can't do certain things anymore quick quick interjection Mike Muir is 55 years old 55 I <laughs> suppose that's nearly 60 <clears or throat> sort of um, but uh, but yeah but but Suicide of the Temps, like, don't seem to I mean obviously he changes his band around quite a lot yeah. but he yeah. still has an unbelievable amount of energy and he's got that kind of like pitbull like stomp that he does um, it was Trade-mar- just great And my bandana yeah yeah, yeah 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 and it was just wicked to see that band in that tent and that tent be filled with people it was really, excellent. really, really good. that's cool. So that was excellent. It's so,
1: it's so wicked that they're still going and like almost seem, like you say, almost at the peak of their powers almost, yeah. you know. Like, yeah, yeah, it was really good. Yeah.
0: Um, so the next band I watched were Emperor. Oh, excellent. How was that? Right. Who were, it was an odd one. Right? Oh, okay. Because Emperor traditionally would headline Bloodstock. I think yeah. they headlined it twice.
1: I think they have, yeah. Yeah.
0: So they're taking a step down from the headlining position. And yeah. I think earlier Why do you on, you think that is—is is that just because they've not released a record? I think it's just because Bloodstock's in, uh, getting, getting bigger. bigger, getting bigger. Okay. Uh, artists, you know, like they couldn't who who could they play above on mm-hmm. this year's bill? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, none mm-hmm. of the headliners. So, um, but as a sub-headliner, what like a really, really, really strong sub-headliner? Definitely, Emperor yeah. for the fact for them to get bumped Definitely. down to a to sub, I think, is shows the strength of like where Bloodstock are going. I thought it was great. Like, they have such, they have such interesting compositions. Yeah. They make such interesting music. They are such a tight live band. It wasn't. It's you know. It sounded mostly to kind of all intents and purposes like it did on the record. There was, I have to say, there was definitely a fire missing okay. from them for that type of music. When you listen to, you know, if you go back and listen to, you know, like. Uh, uh, Non-Equilibrium equilibri- and um, and listen to how fucking wild it is. Like mm. I was saying earlier about System of the Down, mm. they've now got to the point, I think, where they reformed, they haven't released any new music. Mm. You do kind of go, yeah, it's it's odd to think of a, a Norwegian, and you know, kind of one of the most important Norwegian black metal bands Definitely. to be just like a kind of touring Vegas sideshow thing. You
1: do wonder why, you know, considering everything Ishan has going on, uh, with his solo stuff you do sort of wonder why why he's mm. still yeah when, you do when they initially reformed i was like awesome they're gonna do a tour and then they'll do another record yeah. i guess and there's not been a and record that's not happened mm. so it's it is a little bit like why are you doing it i mean then? they
0: sounded brilliant and um, but i did you did definitely get the sense that this is a group of professional musicians playing some songs that okay. they wrote, which is fine and also it was odd seeing them work, But by this point the sun had come out and it was really bright and mm. it was, you know, yeah. and you did go and there's not much of a, you know, considering what, when I say Norwegian black metal, you immediately think of, wow, well, you probably immediately think of something that looks like immortal. Yeah. Right. And, you know, Emperor cool, had no bad. kind of stage show whatsoever. It was just the backdrop and then playing them songs. And that's cool. Like, you know, they those songs are great. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah you know, it was good. Okay. It was good, is what it was. Uh, I went over and watched a little bit of Bleed From Within, who mm-hmm. had an album out l- earlier this year that I thought was really, really good. If you like kind of groovy, groovy metal, um, Lamb of God style groove metal. And, and they were good as well. They, okay. were, they were good. Like, was that
1: Sophie Lancaster that as well? That was
0: at Sophie Lancaster stage, yeah. They were good. Um, but uh, Judas Priest headlined on a Friday night. And uh, Judas Priest to me are the last remaining big sort of, classic metal band that bloodstock kind of realistically could get i think maiden are too big definitely i think maiden are way too big sabbath obviously aren't around anymore they're not going to get metallica so everyone else has basically done it from the real real super big like you know when you think of the people like slayer have done it and megadeth have done it and um king diamond has done it yeah and then you've had bands like wasp and europe have done it as yeah, well yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in terms of like really obvious like Motorhead obviously did it as well in terms of really obvious bands Judas Priest were the last ones mm-hmm. to, remaining to have not done it
1: and doing uh, it on one of the best records they've released in a long long time well
0: this is what I was going to say I was yeah. always like oh man I wish Judas Priest would do Bloodstock I think they picked the perfect year to do it Cool. they Good. picked the perfect year to do it because the point now where the festival is sizable enough for them to really be able to feel like it is a proper event them doing it and them headlining it and they definitely deserved to headline it they're doing it on firepower which is a fucking wicked album yeah it's great it's wicked and those songs sounded amazing like cool. the new songs from from firepower like i think they played f- four of them i think okay um i would have hoped four more mm. but 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 fine That's it cool. might have been four like i'm trying to off the top of my head to think of the set list it was it, yeah it was four maybe five Okay, I think yeah actually no I think it was five because they played uh, they played one on the encore I can't remember what it was that they played uh, from it now but yeah they played one on the encore in the middle of like you know Painkiller and yeah. uh, Living After Midnight and, and stuff and they
1: sounded good against those songs uh, yeah really yeah, really good,
0: good. good. Um, <clears throat> it's become kind of the Rob Halford and the Richie Faulkner show because obviously yeah, KK Downing and like, Glenn yeah. Tipton are no longer in the band Andy Sneap does a really good job of I forgot Andy, Andy sleep Sleeps. playing guitar from me. Yeah. So Andy yeah, Sleeps yeah. playing guitar. Does, does a really good job at just kind of standing in the place and playing those songs properly. And, yeah. you know, he doesn't, he clearly doesn't want to be too showy. Yeah. So Richie Faulkner uh, is kind of the lead guitar dude now. okay, um, And obviously he's been in the band for a good kind of seven, eight years now. Yeah. so he's proved
1: himself i think for sure
0: and um and they you know and they were they were they were really good like the stage show wasn't amazing it's still guns and roses had this where the backdrop and the screen the stuff they did it looked like they did it on a sort of like windows 98 or something do you know what i mean um so it all looked a bit like that was uh, the the older metal band seem to not want to Embrace technology. Yeah, yeah, at all <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and it was I tell you it was it was very emotional when they brought Glenn Tipton out at the end. And Glenn oh, Tipton came out and cool. did sort of the last twenty minutes with them. So he did um oh, that's you, got, wonderful. you got another thing coming, Painkiller, um, one of the new songs. Mm, I can't remember which no one. No surrender now. and living after midnight. Living after midnight and uh yeah, and uh, breaking the law. Yep. And it was just really, really good. Uh, and it was good to see him. And he looks like you look at him. And you go, wow, like that dude looks old. I think Rob Halford was struggling a little bit towards the end. Okay. Like when he was doing painkiller, he was literally bent over the bike,
1: oh, okay. <laughs> Sitting, like, okay. I was like,
0: wow, Rob's about to die. Oh, okay. Um, but but his voice was still up to it. Yeah. And I mean, fair play. You know. And you know when they get on that run at the yeah. end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> like untouchable, literally a run of songs like that in the last the last half an hour of a Judas Priest list, you are looking at solid gold of like the classic anthems absolutely worldy anthems from the world of metal
1: very quickly I've got the set list right in front of me and we're basically talking you've got another thing coming Hellbent for Leather Painkiller Metal Gods Breaking the Law No Surrender Living After Midnight yeah yeah that's fucking great yeah it was really good
0: so um, that was Friday like I kind of got there late and then I left uh, straight after Priest played pretty much Okay. Um, because I actually got a shout uh, thank you if you came down and I DJed the 90s metal night on the Saturday night Saturday was a long day for me because Dom Lawson um, who writes for Metal Hammer and the Guardian Guardian. uh, and is a long-standing metal journalist and a lovely man as well Uh, he was um, meant to be DJing but unfortunately he wasn't very well so he Mm. didn't turn up so the guy at Noisy um, were like hey can you do a, a set of 90s metal and I basically went and wrote a uh, 70 songs and went can you burn these onto a CD for me and then I will DJ so Saturday night after orphan land played i had the second stage to myself um, stuff. to dj for three hours and I had a bloody lovely time are Play you gonna, are you gonna review
1: <laughs> are you gonna review your own dj set no
0: i'm not gonna review my own dj set no i just thought i'd point it out and say thanks if anyone came down and this is why i had i had a long day so i went an early night that's what i'm saying okay so okay. i went to bed early got up early because I came in just in time to see Power Trip. Now I didn't really talk about Power Trip at the uh the Underworld. Underworld. They were fucking brilliant at the Underworld. But seeing a band who are who are young playing that type of music is so good. It's so good to see a band who are young playing that type of music. And they were uh, they were just they were just fucking brilliant again. Like they've got so much energy. Riley, their lead singer he just moves in a really different way to like, but I think maybe because they come from the hardcore scene, he doesn't really like bang his head, like a typical kind of metal front man. He kind of spin kicks and like stomps around and like, right, okay. and he's really, uh, like you don't really know where he, what he's about to do or what's going to happen next. It's very, very unpredictable. They were fucking unbelievable. And that guitar tone, there are people stood in that field who obviously had never heard Power Trip before, Mm. never heard of them before. Mm. And they were like, okay, like a young band trying to play thrash. Mm, I've seen this before. Mm. I've seen, you know, Municipal Waste or Gamma Bomb or Mm. like, you know, fucking any of those bands. And when that guitar tone came in, you just saw these people go, oh shit. Oh, cool. Like, wow. And I, for my money, they are, (laughs) if you take away the 80s and bands that formed in the 80s, they are, I don't even say this, this, is Millennium I think from the 90s I think the only band in in terms of thrash straight up thrash that I think can come anywhere near them were The Haunted on their first couple of records wow okay they've released two records huge. and they're fucking brilliant and there's a few of those thrash. I really love Municipal Waste uh, I really like um, I'm Reagan I really like Havoc uh-huh. a lot as yeah, well yeah, yeah Havoc great um, I really like um, Black Fast who just had an album out as well they're really good. Um, I really like Extinction AD, uh-huh. but I think Power Trip are the fucking gold. They are the first band, literally since about 1989, I to feel, do thrash
1: metal. I, I feel like I need to go back to Power Trip. I oh, I, I, I enjoyed Power Trip a lot. Uh, the record. I've not seen them live. Uh, I, I just I just. It just felt like I'd heard it before kind of thing. But, mm. but yeah, I, I'm hearing so much good about stuff about them. I, I might go back and uh, you definitely reassess should. that. I'll That's definitely brilliant. see them next time they come. Yeah, for over. sure.
0: Um, I went back over to the Sophie Lancaster stage. I saw Dead Label, who are kind of three-piece, who mixed... Like, I thought initially I wasn't really going to enjoy it, but I thought they were really cool. Like They mix kind of helmet and prong style like riff but particularly prong who obviously are a three-piece they mix that kind of staccato 90s groove like pre new metal groove metal um with almost with deathcore oh yeah so i like some deathcore and i very much don't like some deathcore Uh, and i think it's become really really formulaic so it's cool to see a band who you know who were at least trying to think of another way to do something. I mean, I don't really know if they consider themselves a deathcore band, but I think there was definitely like a, a a nod to death metal and certainly a nod to maybe it's a new thing, like death metal and nineties groove. Uh, Yeah. They were good. Mm. Um, We spoke about conjurer at 2000 Mm, trees. Conjurer played um, straight off a dead label and, we're, again, we're fucking brilliant. Home territory for them this time. The yeah. tent has really packed. I
1: saw pictures of the tent being packed. Yeah, yeah it just and it amazing. kicked off
0: towards the end. I, I will say... I think because it was so odd seeing them at two thousand trees, I actually enjoyed them more at two thousand trees and it was a smaller stage, so they really just okay. scared the fuck. like they weren't they didn't they didn't scare anyone at Bloodstock. Everyone was sort of yeah, like, new, hey, this is new, what we yeah, want. Yeah, 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 Whereas yeah. at two thousand trees it was a bit like, Oh wow, yeah. fuck man, this is really heavy. Yeah. But they were they were brilliant and that again, that album's great. You know, I've said everything I need to say about Conjure pretty much. They're the best metal band in the country at the moment.
1: Are they are they getting better every time, more or less?
0: Um I think they were as good as they were at 2000 Trees. Yeah, it was just uh, a It was just a slightly different yeah, environment yeah. and the sound wasn't quite as good. Okay,
1: and we we'll are see them again next week.
0: Yeah, next we week, will because yeah. they'll be playing at Art, Tangent, Art yeah. Tangent as well, yeah. So I stuck around the Sophie Lancaster stage and I watched Vola, who yeah. are s- uh, uh, Norwegian or Swedish? I uh,
1: thought they were Danish. but Danish, okay. I knew yeah, they, were, yeah.
0: they were from somewhere uh, Scandinavian. Quite proggy. Yeah, proggy, yeah. kind of um, techy yes uh like they reminded me a bit of tesseract um and they reminded me a bit of um almost be- there's a lot of keys in it which yeah. kind of reminded me of porcupine tree yeah 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 I like so it was quite proggy but kind of tech proggy um with a lot of keys they were good like they yeah. they had a couple of the thing of those bands i always find is is seeing them for the first time when you're not familiar with any of their material means that you sort of go, well, um, yeah, like, I mean, this sounds like it should be quite good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I need to get it's my not, fucking yeah, head it's, around it's it.
1: It's not. I, I, I actually really rate their debut in Mazes. Okay. It's, it's, it's really good. I yeah. would have really liked to have seen them. Not a typical Bloodstock band either, I would no, say. No, no, not at all, uh, no.
0: Didn't get a massive crowd, but right. the people that were there were really, really, really liked them. them. And it was, yeah, it was a different sort of vibe. It was very good. Cool. Um, I went to the main stage to watch Combi Christ. Um, yeah, he looks I've like never got
1: combi Christ he looks
0: like Robert Webb right okay. And that's probably the nicest thing <laughs> I have to say about them really uh, yeah it was sort of <laughs> Ramstein on a budget um, like a real budget like if they had no budget um, the most sort of interesting thing about them was their drummers they've got two drummers who kept throwing their sticks between the drum kits over each other's heads oh right okay like uh, while it's going on I think if you just throw in sticks the most <laughs> interesting thing about your band Probably not the best. So, yeah, like, it was, you know, for kind of mid-afternoon stomping. Yeah, yeah. Cool. But, like, I, I find it very difficult to get excited about very, very dated, industri- yeah. like, kind of mid-90s industrial metal. The
1: soundtrack to like, Slime light. Basically. It definitely
0: yeah. absolutely <laughs> was. Um, uh, I then went over to watch Voyager, who, on a kind of a tip- um, from Vola being quite different. Voyager similarly were a sort of tech metal thing. They played to an incredibly small crowd because they <laughs> drew the short straw of uh, having to go up against Aelstorm. Um, yeah, I heard about who this. Who basically got the biggest crowd of the entire festival.
1: Really? What is going on with Elstorm right now?
0: I don't get it. Nobody like, should get it. No. I, the only I, thing I should get is a bullet in the fucking head. It's,
1: it's madness to me because like the last out. Al- it's not like the last album was any better or any, well, I don't think it was much worse either, but like.
0: I can anything be much
1: worse? <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but in the last year or two, for some reason, they've just exploded and I don't, I, why? Why has this happened now? Like, because they've been going for 15 years?
0: A really long time too long Uh,
1: if anyone if anyone knows why nobody
0: can no do you know what don't say does anyone know because we'll get loads of tweets going oh don't you like fun (laughs) that's true and it's not about not liking it's not 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 about not liking fun I like fun just because you say this is a joke doesn't mean I have to laugh at it yeah
1: yeah exactly
0: it's fucking rubbish it's Mrs Brown's boys walking a plank the (laughs) Mrs like go away uh, but anyway, I didn't watch them, so I shouldn't really slag the them. The Mrs. Off. Brown Boys of Metal, yeah, yeah, they're absolutely terrible. They're absolutely terrible. Um, fuck that! I went to see Voyager. Yes, um, is is the point who played to a much smaller crowd? But uh, they, they, you know when you see a band who come over from they're Australian, they're Australian, they've t- aren't they they've toured with like Deftones in, in, oh, okay. in Australia, sort of proggy, uh, yeah, like really prog. Again, quite kind of genty. Oh, right, 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 melodicky okay. gent. Uh, sort of thing, but with a bit more. But I think heavier than Vola. Vola, like yeah. I say, when I the, the porcupine tree comparison would not fit Voyager. Right, Voyager, right, right, right. much more kind of you know metallic. I think. Yeah. Um. I thought they were really good. And when you see a band who who are from another country and have obviously honed their craft in their homeland. And then come over to, you know, the UK and play to a very small group of people. Yeah. And you go, wow, they're fucking great. And it's like, well, you know, they've obviously got a lot of gigs and a lot of touring yeah. under their belt. And what you get to see from it is this very, very um, confident showing. And they looked like... They looked chuffed to be there. Great. And I was chuffed to be there as well because I wasn't watching Elstorm. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> they, you know, not not the only ones. Yeah, they were really good, cool, cool. Really, really good. Okay. I, I thought they were great. Um, I, It started shitting it down at this point, like really shitting it down. I watched like four songs of cannibal corpse which is a real shame because oh. i do love cannibal corpse yeah you know like i get a lot of happiness from cannibal yeah corpse. yeah yeah and what i saw was really good but like i just i can't stand in the rain for too long okay so i stood in the rain for like 15 <laughs> minutes and it was really shitting in it tell damn. me you had like a poncho or something well i picked up my 11 year old stepson's waterproof jacket as i walked out the door uh, accidentally on oh on, on the friday when i was I gonna went. say
1: i don't think that's gonna fit you it didn't really fit uh, me. Yeah, yeah yeah so it's a bit of a problem okay
0: so i was like i don't want to stand out in this too long because basically it's like a bra <laughs> waterproof bra um okay. so i was like fuck this and so i went and i sat in in the sort of media area like the media scum oh, that i am God, I hate and i those waited people. and waited and waited for gojira to come on and I waited, and I thought, "Fucking hell! If it stays like this, and it pisses it down, I might not even watch Gojira, which oh, would have been mental." Have and been mental. then, I five minutes before they came on, I ventured out, and it was just spitting, and it had been really hammered down. It's got muddy, but it was all good. And Gojira came on, and they are not a band that have headline festivals ever. No, really. as far as they're not I'm a headline, they're not a festival headlining sized band they look like they'd been headlining festivals i mean arguably they were ready to headline this festival in 2013 And they were Ooh, fourth, 2013. fourth okay. down
1: i was gonna say i saw them uh it's the only time i've been to bloodstock actually i saw them uh sub-headline to mastodon they, two yeah, years they ago mastodon, didn't they? yeah they they, yeah. they should have been headlining that yeah. obviously it made sense that mastodon were doing it but but they yeah i mean the band, they really. were
0: clearly ready to do it then i mean yeah. like i say they were ready to head. They they could have headlined in 2013. Wow. Okay. Um, and I, you know, if you've seen Gaujira, you are probably well aware of the kind of um, the the level of musicianship, hmm. the level of power, the the amount of kind of heart that goes into it. Yeah. Like they are f- f- just incredible live bands, a mm. peerless mm. live band in yeah. metal essentially almost flawless possibly mm. even flawless I would say yeah I mean there aren't any bands who I think can sound so real yet almost mechanical Meshuggah sound yeah. mechanical there's no yeah, heartbeat yeah, yeah. To there's no human heartbeat to Meshuggah like I yeah. love Meshuggah yeah yeah but I really really love Meshuggah but it feels like you're watching a machine it feels like you're listening to a machine Gojira have. Gojira can stir you. Yeah. But at the same time, they are monolithically tight and taut and muscular and rhythmically like on point. What I didn't expect, so I I expected all of that. I mean, the way they played, the set they picked, you know, the stuff from. you Know the, the 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 last album, what the fuck? Magma. Is that? Magma, fucking hell. Um, the stuff from Magma obviously was you know, was amazing. Did it go down well with yeah, that crowd? Yeah, Good. yeah, yeah. And stuff like The Cell and yeah. Stranded, like, how can you fuck with those songs? Like? Yeah, and then we, 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 that's without even chucking in like the heaviest matter in the universe and um, <laughs> Poss- you know, possibly they, my like, favorite. They didn't yeah. even play Ouroboros, the really, sack of the Way of Flesh, fuck, like, okay. which is. Right, madness. But anyway, like set list, everything about you, you just know all that stuff you know you're gonna get with Gojira. What I didn't expect was them to turn into Parkway Drive and go mad power, but like fire in every song, Excellent. fireworks in every song, C C T O what are they called? C2O? Uh C 20 O CO2 C two O. CO two cannons, like confetti cannons. Um, confetti cannons which probably went and blew into the sea and uh were, were strangled a dolphin. Um uh, not not <laughs> better, not doing their carbon footprint any good are they by doing all these things I have to say. That's one thing I was like, hmm. I'm getting mixed messages from you here, boys. Uh,
1: oh yeah, that's a good point. I'm, well, we should talk to the planties about that one day. And, uh, see, see, yeah. See if can, uh, yeah. Uh
0: it was in but I didn't think they were going to go kind of... for full Ramstein Parkway Drive, like blow... I basically think they blew their feet on that show. Right, And to cool. see that with those songs was incredible. Like, last year I went and I thought Ghost were brilliant. Right, they were really, really brilliant. And a mate of mine, Tom Dare, shout out Tom Dare... Uh, who was there again this year. Tom Dare said to me, he's like, when a band step up the headline... I want a bit more from them. And that yeah. just felt like a ghost headlining show. You know? right. and, I want, and we all went, no, don't be silly. Come on, like they're new and blah, 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 blah. blah." And obviously Ghost are earlier in their career yeah. than Gojira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the first time watching Gojira. Uh, the first time I agreed with him was watching Gojira the other day. I went, Do you know what? That's how you headline a festival. Excellent. And to the point where I think if you were someone who walked in to Bloodstock and didn't know anything about metal, didn't even know it was a thing, I didn't know anything about music at all, right? And you saw Gojira, you'd go, well, presumably this band have been doing this for like 20 years. Yeah. These sort of shows. Yeah. And it was like one of the first ones they've ever done. It was unbelievable. Needless to say, (laughs) Gojira were by far and away the best band of the entire weekend. Amazing. By far and away. It's such a, it's a cliche and a kind of, Trope now to sort of go well, you know, Gojira. That goes without saying, you know, but you still but, say, it. yeah, but
1: you still say because it it's true. On that, on that motif. If you've got this far and you don't listen to much metal, and if 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 you have got this far on a very metal esque show, fair play to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you've not heard metal bands in a long time, do yourself a favor and uh, listen to Magma by yeah. Gojira, and just. Take in how much the genre has actually moved on. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not talking Motley crew anymore. I mean, Motley no. Crue and Bell. Um, I mean, we're not even talking metal. Like it's way beyond Metallica stuff. Like yeah. now, you know, like just please do yourself because you you probably. I don't want to sound condescending, but you might have an idea of what metal is. Mm. And listening to Gojira, I think you could listen
0: to any of those records.
1: I'm only saying Magma because it's the easiest entry yeah, point. it is the easiest entry point. For sure. Um, but but yes, I agree.
0: Unbelievable! Um, Yeah, absolutely amazing. A landmark moment in Bloodstock's history. Wicked, I would say. How does it rate in all the Bloodstock sets you've ever seen? Uh, For me personally, um, sorry, that was a threw that on you. But somebody else, the next. No, wow. Somebody did something comparable that I'll talk about in a little bit. Okay. But I think, in terms of the best Bloodstock sets I've ever seen. Um the only other band who I think come close <laughs> are Gojira before.
2: Right, okay, fair enough. The yeah, only yeah, band
0: yeah. the only set I've seen by anything, which I think is as good as that. Yeah. Is it's Gojira. Is Gojira. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So yeah. yeah, for me I think it's cool. It's the one. It sure. is the one for me. Yeah. Um okay, so yeah, that was it. Sunday. Then I went and DJed, it was fucking awesome. I saw a little bit of Orphan Land. like whatever. Um <laughs> and uh, got in the next day bright and early even though I got back to my hotel half past three in the morning Ooh. I got back and I was back on site at half ten because I love I love metal <laughs> <laughs> um I saying that I didn't watch the first band I needed a coffee like something rotten so <laughs> I went to see Evergrey okay so Evergrey are kind of Swedish progressive band in the uh, sort of more in the dream theatre mould okay um, and uh, they were really good. Okay, Like, cool. for kind of a 11 o'clock in the morning, I thought they were really, really good. I think, you know, d- a deeply uncool type of music. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like, yeah. unbelievably uncool, and um, it gets a really bad rap, that kind of, like, just straight, pro- you know, straight prog metal. Mm. It's straight prog it metal. And um, uh, when Thomas the Singer, like, hits those quite operatic style notes mm. um it can be re- you know it's stirring in the way that heavy metal is but they've got some really cool sort of um polyrhythmic guitar riffs cool. in there that that i, I thought were good i th- I thought they were really good i mean it's the sort of thing that some people it will be like you know a real like nasty it, it, you know it's not it, it's not for everyone because i think that like, yeah, i yeah, yeah. i like bits of Dream Theatre... I mean, people were like, actually, sort of... We had a few tweets from people going, how can you not pick Dream Theatre when you're picking Prog on your... Like, ignoring the fact that we didn't even mention Rush when we did mm, the Venn diagram, yeah, yeah, we didn't yeah, even yeah. mention Rush. So, well, we you, can't, had, like, you can't fucking have a go about Dream Theatre when we didn't even mention Rush. I think Rush. we would have
1: had Rush over Dream Theatre, personally. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Well, I mean,
0: there's no... Even speaking, taking my own personal preference out of it, mm. Rush are far bigger than Dream Theatre, yeah. far more important than, the band than Dream Theatre. And also... There's a few Dream Theater albums I quite like, but for the most part, I find them quite difficult. They're like they're, They can be very, very difficult and very grating on me. I, str- I struggle
1: f- with the vocals. It's the main thing I struggle yeah, with. I just, yeah, I never grow a bit of that, but actually, right.
0: like they were, they were good. Okay, I cool. thought they were really good. Um, I then went over to the old second stage again because after going bloody hell, there hasn't been um, much of a crowd at all for any band on the second stage. Uh, along come Alien Weaponry, okay, from New Zealand. Right? Not even heard of this band, right? Well, there's. Uh, I'm sure you will. Cause there's a lot of hype about them. Okay, Alien Weaponry, are basically a three-piece kind of um, Maori metal band. Cool. Who uh, I think they're 15 or 16 years old. I know they could only play Bloodstock because it was during the school holidays. Right? Oh right! Wow. Yeah. It's very very <laughs> sepultura roots. Uh, sound like it's got that kind of rat hat, but done with the kind of um, the hacker that the All Blacks do yeah 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 so there's a bit of that in it they're really young they're in- unbelievably brilliant for their age they're unbelievably brilliant musicians um, they've clearly tapped into something I don't know if people were just there because they're going well this is people from a different culture and they're really really young so we want yeah. to see this for their age and they're really you know it's massively impressive but i don't want to be patting people on the head purely because of their of age, age yeah. they they could be really good there's there's potential there's massive potential for mm-hmm. that band like mm-hmm. massively massively uh got a lot of potential the vocals are are for how good they are as musicians they're 15 16 year old kids like he can't he can't scream and he can't roar mm-hmm. in a way that like a you metal mean, vocalist yeah can like his voice is pretty pretty weak i think Mm -hmm. um but that could come with time but that will come with time yeah yeah. and it is a bit one paced at the moment it is a bit just like we they ride on one riff and and that's it but you know it's an interesting idea it's it's, it's an interesting idea and it was it was well sort of um uh, executed executed but not it's not like it's not you can't be getting too excited at the moment yeah, buy it. Okay, it's one of those ones that you go. But one to watch potentially. Yeah, in three albums' time, when they're twenty twenty one. Yeah, like yeah, really cool. And there's a but there's a hell of a lot of people there for them. Um, I stuck around and watched Sangre it was a bit like it went a bit womad on the second stage Mm, Um, Sangre who are kind of I think they're from LA how are we spelling that S-A-N-G-R-E oh right
1: sorry two words Sangria Sangria Sangria.
0: Um, and they're kind of like uh, Latino Hispanic um, Los Angeles uh, I guess they kind of reminded me of Brugiera, but it's not quite deathcore. You uh, mean are. You're death-
1: conjuring Il Nino for me. Tell me I'm. No, not no, no, it. no. Okay, no good. They're okay. way, way heavier than that. Okay, cool. Way, way heavier <clears throat> than that.
0: Um, but yeah, they were quite good. Okay. They were pretty good. Like they reminded me of Downset. Like, they mm-hmm. like Downset and got fat. Yeah. Yeah, then I stuck around to watch Undersides, mm-hmm. who are a Nepalese band. Okay. Um, who musically, I it was nothing particularly interesting about them, I have to be honest. But they brought these kind of uh people in like traditional, like uh carnival garb who were like these people with these big, sort of Frank Sidebottom style heads. Oh, cool, papier mache heads and were dancing stuff as well. Um, so they looked really cool, like they 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 looked apart. The musically, they were you know not anything that I would. Was particularly excited by, but you know, a good like, show. It's a pretty good show, yeah. Okay, pretty cool. good show. Um, I went everyone to watch Jaster, Jamie Jaster uh-huh. from Hatebreed. Yeah, Jamie Jaster from Hatebreed. It was a bit like The Expendables three. Had <laughs> Howard Jones uh, yeah. came out with him. Howard Jones will be fucking everywhere this week. Yeah, yeah. Howard <laughs> Jones came out and um did uh a couple of Jaster songs and um then Dino from Fear Factory came out right? and uh, they did a little Fear Factory set. So they did like Replica, Edge Crusher, Zero Signal. It was Ooh. great. And, um, and then so Kirk- Fear Factory with good vocals. Yeah, interesting. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, and Kurt Weinstein came out, did like Kingdom of Sorrow. Excellent. Um, and uh, it was, yeah, it was like, it was a cool kind of jam session with cool. a load of like uh, big names in metal. That was, that's pretty good. Um, I also watched Mr. Big, the weirdest fucking booking in between Devil Driver and Jasta. Mr. Big, played, yeah, on know, the main on stage, the main as well? stage. Yeah, I'm the one that wants to be with you, <laughs> Ooh, baby, baby. It's a wild world. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't push it too much. Like I think it's it's interesting. Like obviously they were kind. Of, they to me seem to have been booked just to sort of go, hey man, like we're open minded metal fans. Like yeah. whatever, we yeah. can have Mr. Big on the main stage in between like the dude from Hatebreed and the dude from Cold Chamber. Mm. And and that's fine. And it's a great theory. It's a f- an acceptable mm. theory. But how did it go down? I mean, it went down well. I okay. just think, like, I don't want the fucking Bare Naked Ladies playing Bloodstock. You know, like, let's not push it too much further. So <laughs> okay. um, that's two weeks running we've mentioned the Bare Naked Ladies.
1: because <laughs> they're the best band of all time. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Imagine, uh, do you think we can song... get a bare naked ladies reference in every week i reckon we can try horn one in yeah. yeah okay let's try um, it for like a year one then... week anyway <laughs> that's their song isn't it that's their big song um devil driver played after that i uh, i really like des as a person yes i really like des as a, a presence yes um there was a little period where i thought devil driver were sort of slight step up from... Pray for Villains. Pray for Villains. That's what you're talking um, about, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a played, great record. That was a really good record, yeah. yeah. And um, Last Kind Words... <coughs> Yes, that, uh, that was number three, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. With That's clouds over good. California, clouds over California, yep. is a wicked song. Yeah, and they played that; it sounded really good. They everything else was a bit been coasting,
1: though, haven't they? Yeah, everything else was hell. a, a been bit Yeah, yeah. To be perfectly honest, I, mean. I think um, Des is such a nice dude. I think a lot of the metal media press are just like, oh yeah, Devil Driver, they're still great, and it's like, are they? Yeah, they're <laughs> they're, yeah. It's fine. it's fine. Saying that,
0: what I did quite like mm. was the The album they put out a few weeks ago the kind of Outlaw Country album yes yes it was interesting to hear them playing like Johnny Cash songs and you know I mean fair Steve play and- that is the most
1: interesting thing they've done for several years yeah a long time I don't I, I'm not a huge fan of it but at least it's a bit different mm. I guess um but Yeah, so how did those songs go down? Like,
0: I don't think they played any, but um, oh, did they not? Well, I, I only saw the sort of second half of their set okay. because I was watching um, somebody on the second stage who who are uh, <sighs> Act of Defiance who aren't even worth talking about, okay? Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I saw Devil Driver and yeah, the act who were <laughs> better than Act of Defiance, who <laughs> were fucking rubbish, but um, we'll at them then, yeah, definitely don't <laughs> at them. Uh, but mate. The fucking band who I have been most excited about talking about, mm. um, and you know this, uh, they've got an album coming out that we're going to review and get ready for when we review it. Yes. Manta. Yes. Are absolutely fucking incredible. Oh. Right? The Modern Art of Setting a place is the name of the album. It's coming out soon. I can't really give you any more. I'm... That we're going to review it when it comes out. Yeah,
1: up. yeah, we're probably not asked to talk about it um,
0: They are really brilliant. Cool. Like, they are really, really brilliant. They're a two-piece, um, I guess, kind of black metal band, but with almost sort of high on fire stoner doom thing going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Um and it, when we talk about black metal and um in sort of modern era, when you think of stuff like the Satanist or like maybe not so much the recent Watten album, but if you go back to like the Wild Hunt, um and then you think of shit like Dimmu Borgia as well, mm-hmm. like obviously the Walt, Walt Disney black metal, yeah. um you go well what we you know what else can you do with with that genre now? They have stripped it. Right down, Mantar stripped it right down, even beyond, I think, what the kind of mid-period black metal band in Norway in the 90s okay. were doing. But it's, it's, almost, it's almost stripped down and beefed up at the same time. Okay. And live, it was an assault, like an, a proper assault. When we... Yeah, we're like I think they're playing... Um, I think they're playing the underworld, Manta. At some point, cool. So you, I would suggest that you go and see that band. Okay, yep. And I would also suggest that when we review the album, you listen to our review and take note if you're a fan of heavy music because that's going to be something. I'm getting
1: the feeling that you're not a big fan of the record.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. At um, the gates. At the gates of the legends. Yeah. Sort obviously. of the soul, mate. Yeah. At the Gates of Legends. Um, bit of the same thing with Emperor, though. Songs sounded right. exactly how they sounded on records. A bit workmanlike, maybe. Pretty workmanlike. Mm. Like, at least they're releasing new music. And mm. the new songs yes. sound good as well. Yes, yes. So.
1: I found. I found. I saw them a few years ago and I kind of felt the same thing. I felt I should have been so much more excited about what yeah. I was seeing than, yeah. than, than I was. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: You know, in no way bad. But no. just like, imagine seeing them on Slaughter of the Soul. Yeah, quite. Like, imagine seeing them then yeah, yeah. and what they, that would have been like. Yeah. And then what you get now is yeah. just guys going, you know, we've got full-time jobs and we've got kids and yeah, we're yeah, in yeah. our sort of mid-40s. 40s, yeah, um, sort. So we can probably just go to England this weekend yeah, and play yeah, some yeah. songs. Yeah. Um, and get more money for this one gig than we ever did <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when yeah, we were a band yeah, back so. in the, the mid-90s. Uh, but anyway, I would say um, Gold Medal Gojira, Bronze Medal Mantar, Silver Medal... Maybe not silver medal, maybe not bronze medal, Mantar. Oh, this is hard. Um, okay, joint silver medal. First half of the joint Ooh. silver medal goes to Paul Bearer. Oh, excellent. Who were outrageously brilliant. Great. Like, bathed in purple, um, way heavier than our own records. Yeah. I, I really like the last I really like Heartless. Heartless, yeah. It's really great. But live, it really kind of... Um, an extra level of grit a big bag of grit right like sprinkled all over those riffs and like and it sucked me in like if it had been outdoors in the middle of the day on the main stage I don't think it would have worked right okay but at kind of half past eight on the Sunday when you're like i was fucked by this yeah, point yeah, i yeah. had like four hours sleep yeah and i was like and it was just disorientating yeah and it was it was brilliant it was exactly what i wanted it was like proper it was really really brilliant did like, they play a lot from heartless yeah a fair bit okay yeah a fair I,
1: bit. i saw them at the underworld um a few weeks ago and um They were excellent there as well. But the only thing I would have asked, for they only only played two songs from Heartless. Oh, really? Um, That's weird. It was a very um, even set across all of their records. And I'm not, you know, their previous two records are really good as well. I just think they have something really special in Heartless. And I was Mm. sort of expecting just a bit more from Heartless, but I was just curious
0: about that. They did, they played a fair bit of old stuff as well. But I mean, just when they, like the end, when they just kind of looped this riff... Mm over and over again just like slamming you and then all this feedback and it kind of swirled around a tent and it did really feel like you know like I said that tent has had a reputation of being like you know a couple like a hundred people turn up mm, in that mm. in this massive tent to watch some band do who only had a you know one album out or whatever and nobody mm. really knows who they are mm. whereas that was people chanting and it was like this is a proper band playing you know playing a proper set, and people are there for them mm. I and mean, it was wicked it was really really wicked excellent uh i saw a bit of nightwish you headlined like do you know what? i don't want to slag off nightwish because they've done this thing for a hell of a long time and actually they were a lot heavier than i th- than i probably originally initially would have given them credit for okay they're not their early stuff was
1: mega like proper
0: heavy mm. like this, proper proper heavy. you know the set looked fucking phenomenal like mm. the actual stage set looked amazing um and you know it's it's absolutely not the type of music that I would mm. ever choose to listen to yeah but yeah I'm the same I have you know I have um Have a lot more kind of respect for Nightwish than I do for lots of other things. Yes, I I I think
1: of that. Not that neither. I don't think either of us are experts in symphonic metal, but I think it seems clear that they're probably the best at that. Yeah, probably. I think think they are. Yeah, Yeah. and
0: having watched it the other day, I was like, "Do you know what? This is a lot heavier than I thought it was. Mm. This is really, really professional." The the one thing that I would say about it is, I never get the feeling like, even like, you know, I'm not a massive Maiden fan. I think Maiden can be a bit pompous sometimes, but sometimes you do get shows i've seen maiden where like after the shit with sharon osborne and stuff yeah you'd be like maiden and like coming out with a bit between their teeth yes and i never yes. really get the feeling that night a band like night would do that no do you know what i mean i never no. really get the feeling that they all kind of go backstage and they go we're gonna fucking kill it tonight yeah. it's all a bit like oh we will play with utmost professionalism tonight. <laughs> um, Well, they
1: almost approach it more from a like classical concert kind of point of view don't they yeah which is fine mm. that's fine but Maybe it's, it's not, not what the sort we of, want. Yeah, it
0: doesn't really get my blood yeah, pumping. Yeah, so yeah. although I sort of stood there for a little bit and went, okay, mm. um, it's not really for me, but they were very good. Like I think, you know, they were good. Um, and to close the evening off now, to close the whole festival off, oh, fucking hell. Now this, like I say, Sophie Lancaster stage, I don't think I've seen a band. Like the bands have headlined it before. No band has come on and put on a big show like Wattain did. ah oh. Watain basically set fire to the entire stage. Oh wow! I didn't know what was meant to be on fire and what wasn't because everything was on fire. Obviously, the kind of the the, the, the upside down crucifixes, yeah. or the, the the what they think called the scepters that they had. Okay, with their like cross on and stuff like all that, I'm sure was. But then halfway through, like it looked like the fucking amps were on fire, and they brought a whole kind of wall behind them as well with all their logo on and stuff and it just looked gnarly it looked horrible and the music fit that clearly yeah eric danielson is a not like has got such a kind of he is a a real kind of satanic Ring leader. Yeah. Like, he was like, Bloodstock, are you ready for the last hour of this festival? The last hour of vile, satanic black metal. And it was like, yes, yes, that's exactly what I want. That's what I want. And even, like, at midnight when the, every, all the other bands were finished and the tent was, like, that was rammed. Cool. The tent was absolutely... You couldn't get fucking anywhere. I couldn't get anywhere near it. I turned up five minutes before they were on. And it was absolutely jam-packed right and the I, I think watain a very interesting band in kind of the history of extreme music especially from where we sit in 2018 where we live in that, that kind of post satanist world yeah where uh and like post sunday the world as well yes. yeah. where yeah. kind of suddenly you can have Commercial aspirations whilst playing extreme music, yeah. And suddenly, you hipsters can, could
1: be listening to you potentially. Yeah. <laughs> and Watain
0: did that thing before anyone, really. I mean, you go back to 2010; mm. they were on the front cover of Metal Hammer in 2010. I mean, I think was that was 2010. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, I think that was a loony thing to do, personally. Yeah. But, um, but it happened. You know, yeah. it, it it happened. in 2010, 2011. Yeah. And Watain on the front cover of Metal Hammer. And that happened. And then when The Wild Hunt came out, um, everyone looked at it. And when, you know, I mean, it had, what's that song? We Ride. Is it called We Ride? Uh, or They Rode. And, you know, that, that kind of country ballad, that kind of oh, Johnny yes, Cash I the country mean, sorry, yeah. ballad. And... It was a very, very, very different record. Like with lots of bits of like Thin Lizzy in it and stuff. And people suddenly went, oh, you know, this can appeal to people. And then the Satanist came out and it's like, oh my God. And then Sunbather happened. And suddenly you live in a place where actually being an extreme metal band isn't, you know, the kind of like, well, you're going to make a career out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can now. And I think Watain were one of the first but you know obviously you can look at Gorgaroth and all mm. the kind of cool for a bit as well, weren't they? And the mm. shining and, and bands like that. But um but but Watain in this decade particularly were real kind of flag bearers and were real kind of um uh like not trend so much, but they certainly they paved the way for a lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah 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 and it's interesting now with um the, the last album that they just went right okay fuck that we're going to make an album that's 30 minutes long yeah. and is just white hot like venomous hate filled spite and like old school metal
1: this is i'm kind of i kind of need to go back to it but it just, it's it sounded like Watain were doing something genuinely new and interesting and and then they i i, I don't want to dismiss it because i i don't feel like i've heard it enough but it, it certainly felt disappointing the first time i heard the new attain album because really
0: that's fucking hell. okay
1: I think it's amazing. I need, I need, I need to listen to it more. I, but I was, I, I think, I. It could be a case of me expecting one thing, getting something totally different, and dismissing it as a result, which is never a good thing to mm. do. So, so I need to go back
0: to it. I love the fact that everyone thought they were going to make the black album, and they made Kill em All. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, totally. That's no, absolutely what that's they did. It's fucking brilliant. And the other day, it was there was none. You know, there was none of the. No, there was no stopping. There was no attempt to kind of go. Ha, the set, <laughs> the set will like build or the set will have peaks and troughs. It was just straight just out set fire to everything, kill. Right. Cool. And how it,
1: long were they playing for? An hour. An hour and fifteen minutes. Oh wow, wow. Okay. And it's it a long time be, to sustain that.
0: Yeah, and it it was just it was it was like absolute extreme metal black metal like violent vile attack it was really good i thought they were fuck i thought they were fucking amazing i saw them in london at the start of the year yeah and i was super like i really really loved the record when it came out yeah and i was super excited and i thought it was good i I wasn't like overly impressed by it i thought it was just pretty good um is that the the dome yeah yeah But then seeing it the other day, they were way better. And I think, actually, it was the amount of people, the tent, the fact that they managed to build this big set. And let's not forget, Wattain were kind of sub... I think they were sub-headlining, or they were third from top uh, on the main stage um, a couple of years ago. And people were talking about them as potential bloodstock headliners. And now, like, you look in the world of extreme metal, and you basically it's Behemoth or on no one, isn't it really? Yeah. Like for, for what is, you know, Bloodstock was sort of made its name as, you know, an extreme- he- do, you,
1: do you think death heaven would, would set people off? I don't think they're big enough to headline.
0: No. You're and I right. think that there would be an, an out- absolute outcry, fucking yeah, yeah. outcry, which is stupid because Rob Zombie's headlined it. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? So it would yeah, be yeah, yeah. Like ridiculous. Death Heaven is do. definitely heavier than Rob Zombie. Yeah, yeah. And within <laughs> Temptation, but um, well, that's a different thing, isn't it? But that's yeah. actually, I was gonna say. So there, that was my um, my Bloodstock experience. It was brilliant. Yet yeah, again, I miss it already. It's my favorite. It is just my favorite festival. I think it's wicked. Awesome. Like you can't beat it. Um, but I'd be interested to think next year's headliners. Hmm. Because. I was having this conversation with our good friend, Mr. Merlin Alderslade of Metal Hammer Magazine. Yes, hello Merlin. And he was going, they've almost got less options for headliners now. As they've got bigger bloodstock, they've almost now got less options for headliners than download, if you're looking at the sort of big rock festivals. Mm. Because download still will be able to go Maiden, Metallica, uh, Kiss, um, you know, mm. probably not Aerosmith now, but like, um, Avenged Sevenfold will obviously always be able to do it. Yeah. And there will be like those old classic bands yeah. that they can kind of rely on. They can lean on for another For another
1: five, six, seven years, maybe. Yeah. The, the, in terms of the Metallicas and all. Yeah, right,
0: yeah. Slipknot. That. And obviously they want to get Foo Fighters and they want to yeah. get Pearl Jam and they want to yeah. get Blink-182 and they want to get Green Day and they want to get those sort of bands. Bloodstock can't book the bigger, newer band. A lot of the bands that have ended up getting to a certain size, have kind of plateaued and haven't got any bigger. Mm. So Gojira really... Gojira and Ghost, are, and it's taken a them monomath them like when they did it last year. It took them fucking years, 20 years to get to the point where they could headline. We were kind of going through it and thinking of new headliners. I don't know who will have, be headlining uh, Bloodstock next year. Have Behemoth done it? I can't remember. They have done it, yeah. Okay. They have done it. I think Behemoth, uh, depending on the, how... Well, the new album is received and what that does for them. I think they're a potential, um, potential headliner. Yeah, uh, I definitely. wouldn't say it's nailed on. I wouldn't say it's a guarantee at this point. Okay, I mean, we both got sent the spoiler alert. We both got sent the. Uh, this isn't a spoiler. This is the fact. We got sent the Moth album today. I've listened to it once already, mm-hmm. so I know what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling You're you. You're not though. allowed to say. I'm not telling it. you. <laughs> but you <know>. yeah. <laughs> um. So I think. It's feasible that Bear Moth will be Bloodstock headliners, okay. but I don't think it's a done deal at this point. No. Um, I think Marilyn Manson. Oh yeah, is a shout. Like I say, Rob Zombie's done it.
1: I mean, that would be a shame because he's not great live anymore.
0: But but no. but yeah, absolutely. Uh, sells, I do think do he'd it. sell tickets. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, he'd be at the end of a touring cycle, but then so good. I, I think
0: Corn are big enough to do it. I'd love to see Corn do it. I think Korn are big enough to do it. I think it would it would kick up a fucking... I think yeah. there would be a stink online yeah. if Korn did it for a bit. But I still think loads of people would turn up and watch them. And they're I'm in not the studio sure. as well. Yeah, so. I'm not sure that they'd want to do it. I don't know. No. Jonathan Davis has never seemed like the sort of person that cares that much about being
1: metal. When I spoke you know to I mean? Jonathan Davis, he said he didn't consider Korn a metal band, which I thought was mad. But, but he, he doesn't view Korn as a metal band yeah. at all. I think so. half of
0: them aren't fussed by sort of metal so i don't think it going to be anything they'd be particularly no, interested in doing no. i know man of war a headline in hellfest next year i mean man of war surely
1: would go down a tree with blood yeah stalks.
0: but our, i mean man of war are one of those bands where i go you're just saying man of war because you're saying you like metal yeah. do you actually listen yeah, to man yeah. how big a man of war in this country I don't know. What didn't they, they do didn't, forum last time they, they came? They here? did Brixton Academy. Oh, and, was it and The balcony was shut and downstairs wasn't sold out.
1: Uh, okay, so they should have done forum then, by the sounds of it. Okay, yeah,
0: I would have said the Misfits could potentially headline it, or I think they would bring in a completely different crowd. And having been told we were talking about Danzig earlier, having been told how much <laughs> they're charging, yeah. they're playing everywhere. Ever. i forget it. I'm not. Sh-
1: Misfits are a punk band as yeah. well. I, I, I. I Obviously, they're classic, but I don't know. Yeah. I think you yeah. can, you
0: know, like they chuck in Hatebreed or yeah, whoever is, you know, yeah. Hatebreed and uh, Unearth. I think, have done it on the main stage before. The kind of metallic yeah. hardcore bands have done it, but I don't think you could just put in a sort of pure punk band. Although the thing is, that they're really, really influential to metal, the Misfits, and metal bands and metal fans like them love them and yeah, Doyle's guitar tone yeah is really maybe. really really fucking metal but
1: but too much money anyway it's, if it's gonna be too as relevant. much as that
0: much money yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's an absolute no-go the other obvious one I suppose would be Slayer one last festival yeah, appearance yeah 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 um but Slayer are gonna do whatever pays the most money yeah yeah
1: yeah
0: so I would imagine that like
1: second download second stage headlining download or something like that yeah, I'd or like subbing, yeah, subbing yeah 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 last ever UK yeah
0: show uh i don't think kill switch engage are big
1: enough anymore i was about to ask my my good friends kill switch engage uh <laughs> I, but yeah do you know i think i think if they release an album before then and it's really well received they absolutely could but but that's a that's quite a big if
0: i don't i think at this point i don't really see it personally okay Um, Yeah, I just don't see it. I think think sub-headlining to somebody like... If they'd have sub-headlined Gojira on the Saturday, that would have made perfect sense. That would have been wicked. Um, I think Clutch are big enough to do it. That would be brilliant. Who doesn't like Clutch? Well, yeah, but the one thing about Clutch is they play all the time don't they yeah they're always here that's true would people think this is special (coughs) getting clutch yeah
1: and they would have to what you were talking about before about like a band's headlining and having to bring something special to it i don't think clutch would want to do you you know you can't imagine fireworks at a clutch show no you know they just wouldn't that's just not what
0: they do no no they just wouldn't bother with any of that stuff uh, mm. We mentioned them a little bit earlier, and having the fact that there were so many prog bands on the bill this year, Dream Theater, mm. yeah, I definitely think plus like plus I, plus I, I think if you put the right bill together with Dream Theater, I think it's yeah. it's potentially something that people would go for. I think you know if you put. Um, uh like symphony x or something like that yeah. alongside with them or you know if you put a lot of the kind of some maybe some of the proggier bands mm-hmm. um uh along with them then i think that's maybe something that could potentially maybe work like morphis uh yeah that kind of stuff yeah it yeah, yeah. might be something that could work potentially the thing about dream theater is they've got very fickle fans haven't they I believe. Do they? I think they do. Yeah, I think Dream Theater fans just like to go and see Dream Theater. And oh, I see. Do you I know see. what I mean? Like okay. they'll just sort of go. Well, I'm not going to that because I don't like the other. But I don't like. I don't want to go to a metal festival. I like Prague or whatever.
1: They might kind of insist that they do like a mm. two and
0: a half, three hour set as well. So yeah, I, I, I don't know if they would or not. But. Uh, Scorpions were another band that I thought of who recently did the O2. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think apparently they're quite expensive. And the last band that I want to mention as a shout for potential headliners, who I think definitely could headline, but this is the biggest but and if of all, is a reunited Sepultura. Max, Max Igor, Paolo, Andres. I can't, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. Mm, okay, but so, so there's, did, there's nothing... There's no, 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 this is just, this is no speculation and going, oh, I'll nudge, nudge, wink, wink. I don't know. Well, I do know it was not going to happen apparently. <laughs> but I think were they to reform, they'd be big enough to, to headline straight away.
1: Yes. So that's
0: quite a lot of bands, actually. Yeah, it is, actually. But it's not a lot of new bands.
1: No, that's true. But that's because it's so difficult to like we were saying in the extreme metal world it's difficult to to get through to that which is why you know I think mm. death heaven would be good but um yeah i guess i guess there's just going to there's always going to be people who
0: rally against that sort of thing any shouts from you i mean i don't think at this point i don't think death heaven a big enough person no nah,
1: i do yeah you know, i see what you're saying oh, no um i think you've covered everything mm. there are lots of bands who are coming through at the moment who I would love to see headline one day, but like Zilinada. you say, Zalanada, Def Heaven. I I I know they've only got one record, but if Mole keep going releasing records as good as uh Jord, Jord, mm. however it's pronounced, Mole could totally do it in like three or four records time potentially. Um yeah. probably four. Um but how about y- a
0: reform strapping young lad? I would love to see that. Imagine but De- that. But
1: Devin wouldn't be interested. No, no, it's To be true. honest, I think... Devin um, might
0: be big enough, but if you hadn't disbanded Devin But Townsend I was Project. about to
1: say, I think Devin Townsend projects totally could... Especially if they'd done, like, a special set in some way. Mm. And, I, I mean, I'd love to see it. I'd love everything Devin does, basically. But he's concentrating on his sort of orchestral thing at the moment. Yeah. Like, what he is doing just at the moment... Obviously, we haven't heard a note of it, but it doesn't sound suited to Bloodstock. Mm. So i think at the wrong time
0: at the moment and the final band actually uh who are going to headline <laughs> nearly <laughs> as bad as that um sabaton are going to headline do you think so yeah they are like what, I, what venues
1: do sabaton play brixton academy no Yep. fuck off
0: they do oh huh? all right last time they really played brixton academy mental Stupid idiots. <laughs> but anyway, um there you go. So Sabaton are going like I th- for me. If I had to like, if someone said to me like, nail your colours to the mast for one headliner really? next year for Bloodstock, Sabaton are going to do it. Like okay. they are going to. I and you know what? Like people love that shit. Like fucking fair play to them. Have a nice time. I mean, they're not the worst of those bands. Yeah, because. Aelstorm are <laughs> the of those bands well the
1: way El- well, the might... Aelstorm are going
0: I mean it, if it continues Luke, our good friend Luke Morton said that potentially Aelstorm he, he was like Aelstorm oh, are going to headline this festival I just think when you're that stupid because Sabaton Steel Panther Sabaton well still Panther's never headlined fuck all have they So
1: no but they sold out Wembley Arena
0: uh, well they played Wembley Arena did they, they sell were, it out uh, they're pretty close to selling it out they played right. it a few times yeah I, I but yeah, no not give one a shit predicted like this that. This is, yeah, but this is like, this stuff never stays around, does it? No. Yeah, we hope. <laughs> um, but anyway, Bloodstock was absolutely fucking wicked. Good. Absolutely wicked. And I'm really, really, even if Sabaton do headline next year, I'm still going to go because it's my favourite bloody festival. It's always, always, always brilliant. And uh, if you are a fan of heavy music in any way at all, you have to go but that's uh, that's it we'll be back next week where we will be hopefully fingers crossed with you and Alison Chains and definitely we'll be talking about another festival
1: yeah Art yeah, Tangent yeah Art Tangent
0: so uh, if you won tickets uh, through our competition that we mm-hmm. did congratulations we gave away five pairs of tickets to Art Tangent we'll see you down the front for Glassjaw yeah and um, if you are going to Glassjaw on Saturday make sure you see Palm Reader yes. we'll be back next week talking about that go to musicism.net and check out the courses they have there if you want to become a, a whiz, a whiz, whiz. A whiz on the guitar, um, yes. or uh, a better singer or just good on the old garage band, twiddle some knobs, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> then you can do that. You can get 25% off your knob twiddling videos, uh, when you put in the code RIOT at the checkout if you do it in capital letters as well. We're going to Art Town Gent, so we'll be back next week talking about Bosk. We're going to be talking
1: about math rock and post rock, and yeah. I'm super fucking excited.
0: Um, Basque, Shellac, Glassjaw, Shellac, Mole, Mole Alcest, um, Black yeah, Peaks, and Merker.
1: Oh, lots, Lots. yeah, Lots of shit. Really good. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I've basically not slept since I've got back, and you're basically making me go in, stand in the field for another three days. So, I'm Cheers. making you. Yeah, you are. See you later, guys. Bye.